All right, it's Friday, the 27th of October, 2023. Get ready for a, uh, I think this is like the time machine Robert Scott Bell show today. For those of you who are um, uh, younger than, I don't know, what would we say? Younger than your 40s, you're going to be like, what are y'all old people talking about? <laughs> and and uh, But you're going you to have to tolerate us old folks. Uh, we got a lot to say, a lot to do. Uh, in hour one, new guest, John Gusty, joining us on the Robert Scott Bell show. He's got a book out called The Red Pill Revolution. And uh, he's right in the wheelhouse of where me and Super D like to hang out. We might end up talking about music. Is there a way to red pill on music? I'm not sure. Uh, but we got a lot to lot to discuss. How about the uh, mandating of testing? What's the story there? Is that is there any basis for mandating testing or does it violate fundamental freedoms that you have by virtue of your very existence? Uh, massive rise in childhood leukemia. What could be causing that? Some are pondering, hmm, could it be mm, glyphosate? Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, amendments to ban federal mask mandates, Texas House banning uh, vax mandates, forever chemicals causing thyroid cancer. And what's the homeopathic hit of the day? Ladies, this is for you more than the men. But hey, you guys can listen to homeopathic hits up on the Robert Scott Bell show. Robert Scott Bell website still going up and down as we're migrating it like coconuts to a new uh, home. But thank you for that. And tomorrow will be the next AMA, the October AMA for the patron supporters. So learn about all of that. We'll talk about it. Super Don's with us too. It's Friday. Let's have a good time. <sighs> Let's get it started. Go ahead. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Lighten up, it's Friday. It's Difficult on this planet sometimes, but uh, we're here, we're alive, we're breathing. I am at least <sighs> deeply, barely after my workout this morning, Rachel, uh, the trainer, uh, kicked my you-know-what, uh, and I thought, you know, how am I going to get into better shape? Well, just have a trainer yell at you <laughs> and not let you escape, not let you hide. Anyway, this is the journey of life on planet Earth, uh, finding ways to navigate a lot of the things that are working against or colluding against your freedom. Uh, and recognizing that the history of planet Earth is unfortunately rife with a lot of people that want to be enslaved. I know it's a weird thing to consider. Who would want to be a slave? But then again, when you're a slave, your meals are covered, aren't they? Uh, your housing is given to you, isn't it? Uh, you don't have to worry about, well, I don't know, maybe not the finest clothing, but they'll give you some rags to wear, too, as you're out in the fields doing their bidding. I don't think that's a great, great uh, kind of life. But there are a lot of folks here in America that would rather have the government take care of them rather than uh, do what? Step it up and, uh, you know, be responsible for their own lives and then then have the freedom to care for other people that are in need genuinely. I know that's a lot. You, you just went heavy. You went deep. Like, dude, I can't help it. <laughs> These are the messages we got going on here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. They're what, hap what happened to it being Friday? What, what was that? I forget already. I'm like... <laughs> 
I'm ready to kick some aspirin. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to bed now. Right. Why bother? Why bother showing up? We got a lot of cool stuff to do today, though, on the show, Super D. And a pretty good week of broadcasting in the midst of the intensity. I remember already back to Monday and, you know, Boomtown Rats. Remember their song? Tell me why I don't like Mondays. That was Bob Geldof, I think. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm totally into music right now. I think it's because of uh, uh, John Gusty. I'm just fired up for him joining us <laughs> momentarily. Uh, but the Monday that, you know, coming off of uh, uh, all the things that were going on, Israel, et cetera, um, I just felt that heaviness, the emotionality. And, and it's not like I don't feel it, but you process it through it and try to say, uh, you know, what can I control? What can I not? And try to let go and let God take care of those things I, I genuinely don't have control over. I don't want right. to be delusional to think I can change the world. The good old serenity prayer. Huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, I remember, you know, my teen years, maybe yours, I don't know. I felt I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders. That, you know, we, we had <laughs> ideals coming up. It's like, ah, we want to change the world. We want to make it better. And then you see all that goes on. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Well, maybe it isn't my responsibility to change it, right? <laughs> Or maybe, man, I don't want this responsibility. Yeah, or maybe you don't. And then, you know, the wisdom of the years, this is the accelerated version. You begin to recognize that, yeah, no, uh, you know, you you don't have the capacity and power to change everything or everyone or even maybe anyone except yourself. And in doing that, isn't that the wisdom of being here long enough? The only thing you can change is yourself. And you realize if you're going to impact anybody else's life for the better, it's because you've made yourself better. (laughs) and then that could be daunting too. Dude, I got to change myself. You know how many people are stuck in, in bad habits? How difficult it is just to break one habit? I have you no know? idea what you're talking about. No, I know you don't, no. Super Don. I, don't, uh, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but uh, <laughs> I'm just excited to take the kids to see yes tomorrow. That's going to be awesome. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. So um, mandates is the opening story here. Mandates. And if you if you check, I don't know if the website is up or down or sideways right now because it's yeah it's up and down. Okay, hopefully hopefully we'll get it uh, squared away over the weekend. Well, and and then we'll have links as well uh, to our guest and Red Pill Revolution and all the things that he's got going on. I, I just I dig him already. We're gonna have a fun time today. But mandates. I've not been a, a, a someone that ever enjoyed being told what to do. I don't know about you, Super Don, if you always liked, oh, I love it when people tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Um, and and so the question at the Brownstone Institute, Alan Lash has written a, an article and says, what's wrong with mandating tests? I, You know, the other question is, is there anything right about mandating tests? Now, uh, I go back to high school and the tests we had to take, whether it be a math test or a history test, those kind of sucked. I agree. Uh, but that was part of the the equation when you when you went to school or maybe you're you're applying for a job and there might be tests associated with it. But now we're talking about tests just to be alive and having the freedom to move about the earth cabin. That's the kind of testing that's referenced here. And of course, we went through uh, the absurdities. Uh, the authoritarian uh, edicts and mandates and prohibitions of COVID. And these were the tests that they were saying will, will, will help us stop, you know, this spread on top of all the other lies they told us. And the moment I found out that they were using PCR tests, you know, then it became a drinking game on the Robert Scott Bell show. Hopefully it wasn't gin and vodka or although that's your drink, whatever, but maybe it was organic tea or coffee. But uh, I, I, kept talking about the PCR test, how bogus they are. Polymerase chain reaction. 
Kerry Mullis, Nobel Prize winner, developer, inventor of the technology, he says it's a a building uh, or a manufacturing test. It's not a test to detect uh, biological agents or or pathogens. Certainly can't test it necessarily quantitatively. Uh, But these are the things that, you know, to me, pointed out just such absurdities in the in the worship of science or medicine. You know, like the religion of our youth, whether you were born into Judaism, Christianity or something else, uh, many people abandon it or still proclaim to be part of. What are you doing? You're checking the website there. Yeah, I see what's going on. Are we, are we up? Are we happen? Are we live? I can see it. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yes, we are. OK, good. All right. Excellent. This <laughs> is like I'm looking at like what's going on over there, Super Don. Uh, but I, I, I just look at the the worship of science or pseudoscience or sci-fiantism, scientism. And all the while people still claim to be Christian, Jewish, or whatever religion they claim. And I'm like, wait, how does it, how do you serve those two masters in a sense? You claim to be, you know, a person of faith in God, and yet you abandon that when you say, oh, but the scientists say the virus, the this, the that, the test. People worship these things, or they see them as our dear friend, departed friend, Liam Sheff, wrote official stories, talked about these tests as rites of passage. Now, when he wrote about it, he was referring to the HIV tests, which still to this day have no standard. There's no validity to a positive, negative, false, positive, false, negative. You don't, you don't even know when you look at the house of numbers documentary many years ago, like Brent Leung put out there, uh, you realize how not scientific these tests are. And it's, a distinction it's a distinct difference between a test like um let's say they take a urinalysis right you ever you ever had a, a urinalysis super don i'm not getting into urine therapy right now but you know they analyze your urine to say hey is there something i, going I have i have been known to have to take a ua most before, people yes. have had that and they go oh my gosh look what's <laughs> growing in that we've identified a bacterial imbalance or overgrowth in your <clears throat> urinary tract they call it a uti now that's not so controversial uh, you know, I might enter the controversy of how to remedy it. Doesn't require antibiotics, but put that aside for a second. That's a kind of test that does have what we call a valid standard. It's not that controversial. I don't even call it controversial. However, when they go to PCR tests or the various HIV tests, Western blot, all of these things, they acknowledge on the tests themselves that these tests are not valid to determine whether you have or don't have what they call HIV or AIDS. Now, move forward decades into COVID tests and you find out, Oh my gosh, they're using the same stupid test that have no valid standard. And even to this day are not standardized and fully licensed yet. People are talking about COVID tests even today. Well, and a lot of people learned about that over COVID because suddenly we started learning about things like, uh, what was it? What was it called? The, the, the cycle threshold or something? Yeah, cycle count threshold. Exactly. Cycle count threshold and what the difference was between them and how, how they were using a threshold that was, you know, higher than what the standard should be for you to be able to even tell if there's anything going on. It was yeah. very, very confusing. And, and you remember my posture shifted in early COVID when we were going, what really is going on? Everybody was trying to figure this thing out. And then when they said the test, you saw my posture shift immediately. I like, oh, it was very annoying. Yes. Yes. Annoyed everybody. Very annoying. Yes. But I had to, you know, beat it into people. Not that I'm a violent guy, even though I kickbox, but to let them know that you're being scammed. The test is a scam. Now, the symptoms were real. People suffered. I didn't argue against that. That was never the controversy. What caused it? Of course, that's still an ongoing controversy and discussion. 
as we've expanded from viruses to uh, you know, protein sequences, genetic sequence, plasma contamination or purposeful plasmid uh, uh, DNA sequences of, 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 of snake venom peptides produced by big pharma, on and on it goes. Those things are great in, 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 in terms of our need and, and it's appropriate to argue those things and discuss those things. But the tests themselves, now in this article, the opening article at Brownstone Institute, it's about, you know, should the test be mandated? Or, in fact, any test. Now, based on the fact that it's not a valid test, it's not a standardized test, it's not even a licensed test. No, of course not. But beyond that, the conclusion here, and I agree with the conclusion, is that the moment a test for your ability to move about the Earth cabin based on a virus or a, a pathogen is uh, is required in order for you to function as a human being on this planet, then you are a slave, a slave to a new religion, a pseudo-religion. Pharmakia, of course rooted in the word sorcery. And although I don't mind movies on sorcery and Harry Potter was fun, the fact is they're taking that into the real world and saying, if you test positive on this phony test, that suddenly now you are condemned to isolation or mandated drugs or injections, or you just can't leave your house. How often do we talk about that from Western style democracies where people thought they were free? Canada, New Zealand, Australia, even here in America, there were limitations on freedom. Now, there's some things being pushed back, which is great. But fundamentally, the bottom line on this is what we call agency, free agency, free choice, choice given to you by that which created us all, God. Secondary to life, I say that's the greatest gift, life itself and then choice, the freedom to choose. And when they take that choice away from you, then they have chosen the side, for lack of a better way to say it, of Lucifer. Right. They've got a Luciferian construct of, of you're not free unless we say you are. And that's not freedom. You don't have rights. You have privileges and we can revoke them the moment you don't play along with our rulemaking. So um, the conclusion here, of course, mandatory tests of any kind other than, hey, if you signed on for school or whatever and they got to test you, it's hard to opt out of those things because if you want to complete their tasks. But outside of that, in terms of the, the violations of your fundamental freedom and bodily autonomy, even a urinary tract infection, if they mandate your analysis, that's wrong. I'm just saying. So you want to add anything to that? You're done. How can I'm I done. follow that? I can't okay. follow that. Yeah, you can't follow that. But who can follow that? I'm thinking our first time guest on the Robert Scott Bell Show from the Red Pill Revolution. And I'm excited to have him on. You can check it out. Links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. There's a Kindle edition already and a paperback edition of this. Find out what's going on. It's updated for COVID-19 as well. He's done it. And he's our generation. John Gusty, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Brother, good. Thank you so much for having me. And, and hey, it is uh, really, really good to hear somebody even uttering the name Carrie Mullis. Because for the last three, four years, you know, I, I've been, you know, people will be like, oh, I got COVID. I was like, oh, is there a test for that? Mm-hmm. How, how, do you, how do you even know? And, 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 and I'm, I want to I want to I want to emphasize a couple of points you made, and I even want to expand expand on on, on, sure. a, on a couple. One, first of all, all of that um, amazing video footage that there is of Kerry Mullis out there, where he is calling out Anthony Fraudji, and 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 he is saying, you know, first first of all, like one of the most annoying things about any of any of this COVID testing thing is Kerry Mullis himself said it is not a test. It is a molecular amplification method. Mm-hmm. It is not a test. It doesn't test for anything. It is w- the reason why they're using it is, is because it is a method that can 
show the existence of any anything if you're looking for it. Correct. Um, yes. so, so, so it's not a test. It's a misused method and discipline that was designed for a completely different application. But yeah, but Carrie yeah. Mullis, who um, um, I would say conveniently passed passed away in August of 2019, right before all this other stuff. Like, I think it's you. We have to anchor Carrie Mullis in all that video footage of him calling out the, the what the PCR method is and isn't and calling out fraudgy and, and all that stuff happened on on the backs of the whole AIDS scam, mm -hmm. which which, you know, I mean, you know, late 80s, early 90s. We, uh, we where, grew up when when suddenly having sex with someone meant you were going to die. Everybody was going to die. It, it, it changed the equation from what they called an STD, now an STI, where you yeah. get an antibiotic. This is long before I knew about natural medicine, homeopathy, and other ways to address infections. And, and it's like, okay, well, you got that. That's horrible. But okay, now you're going to die. That was, remember that when we were in high school, how, how yeah. that was coming oh. out at the time. Yeah, it was it was it was it was it was yet another fear tactic that was thrown into the 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 the, the corporate mainstream narrative. But I want to I really want to like before we go, get on to anything else, I really want to um, emphasize the following point: um, testing for a virus. Um, I I want to talk I want to talk about viruses and vaccines because both of those things are theoretical concepts and i want i want to give you a little bit of background here um i've been married to a wonderful my wonderful wife her name is dawn and uh, we've been married well over 20 years and when i met her she was walking with a cane she was diagnosed and we could have an entire conversation on the word diagnose and what mm -hmm. you know what that that means and doesn't mean but she was diagnosed quote unquote with multiple sclerosis um and at that time um she you know i mean she she became my girl she she became my wife uh we we have kids together um, I became intimately involved in her health and wellness journey um, to the point of appointing myself general contractor of her health and wellness journey. And I've been a very, very lucky, healthy person my whole life. So I didn't spend a whole lot of time interfacing with the medical industrial complex. But once I did start interfacing with it um, on behalf of my wife, I came to realize some some fundamental things. One um, I come from a life of the music industry um, and I understand marketing and manipulation and deception and scripting and, and, and produced content. I, I understand all of that ego. I, I get, I get all of that. I've, I've seen it all firsthand and, 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 and had to professionally deal with it. Um, I've never seen any of those things amplified. Like I saw, uh, inside the medical industrial complex. So um, the medical industrial complex is theater as much as it is uh, theater with the entertainment uh, industrial mm -hmm. complex. But, but all this to say, the topic of viruses, and this is what has annoyed me with our peers, like 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 uh, people of, of 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 our age group and even younger, really anybody in the journalism vertical, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes of surface level research, just surface level research that anyone can do to become acquainted with the names Antoine Bechamp and Louis Pasteur. Mm -hmm. And if you, if, if you are familiar with those two names, you will know that from about approximately the, 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 the mid 1850s 
Um, one of those individuals came up with this idea, and that's this is where the germ theory and the terrain theory, you know, uh, the, the, the whole conversation kind of originates. Um, viruses. What, what there is not if you got if you and I if, if you me and Super Don spent the next month getting the top virologists in the room, we wouldn't even have a room full of people that can agree on what a virus is. Like, like, there is no general consensus on what a virus is. You will have t 10 different people can look at something and go, that's a virus. And the next guy will go, no, that's an exosome. Next guy will go, no, that's a piece of dead protein. Mm -hmm. so, 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 so there isn't even a general consensus on what a virus is, let alone it has never been proven or it, 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 that I'm aware of. And I've had this, mm -hmm. this, I have had this challenge out there publicly for many, many years now. And I continue it here today. Um, and, and I've got the access to the equipment to do this. If there is anybody that wants to get on camera with name, name your microscope, whether it's, you know, whatever, electron, blackfield, whatever, you name the microscope, I will willingly be the test subject. You need, if you need saliva, blood, whatever, I want to see what you call a virus. I right. want to see it. And I, and I, and I, I want to, I want to see it like live. Let's do it live. And I want to have, you can have your people there. I'm going to have my people there and we're going to, we're going to get to a consensus on what a virus is and what a virus isn't. Hey, John, good, good luck on finding that consensus, even though I'm not a, a fan of consensus science either, but um, the idea of uh, Hegelian dialectic plays itself out beautifully in the virus, no virus discussion, if there is a discussion. And, you know, my problem with the whole thing is that uh, when you take, let's say, any bodily fluids to find a virus, you know, isolate, it's not the same thing as when you find a bacteria lurking in there that you can actually culture or even a fungal species. Well, the second you remove you something, that, you, you got to take that stuff and alter it in such a way that downward spirals and different things by the time you get there, you're like, oh, there it is. It's like, well, where was it before? And how come you well, couldn't find it there? So, and, and there, great, great point. Great point, because if you take you take something from its natural environment, you are now exposing it to things like light it wasn't exposed to before, air it wasn't exposed to before. Different growth medium, culture, toxins, et cetera, drugs, you name it. Yeah. So I, we're not you and I might be in agreement, but we're not going to solve it. I, I, I can guarantee you that because there's going to be people that have to, to live in that other realm. And I. Look, I'm okay with that. We got to find a way to make fun, be silly as well as the seriousness of all well, of this. Well, here we go. Here we go with that because you also mentioned in your intro. I love mm -hmm. that you tied the 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 topic of religion to it because mm -hmm. it it is a religion. You the the people that believe this is this does require belief and mm -hmm. faith, and that yeah. is an anchor point of what a religion is. It requires belief. It requires faith. And and since no one, I, I mean, to the I, I, I realize maybe some people are hearing this for the first time, but. I am not aware of, and if you guys are, man, please point me to it, but I am not aware of anybody, a kid in a garage on up to the most well-funded university lab. I'm not aware of anybody that has proven the existence of pathogenic viruses that can go from one body to another and remain pathogenic. I, I, I don't know anyone that's proven that. 
Well, and there are going to be people that will dispute it, as we know, and that's okay. Like I said, I can engage in that. But the perspective which is great. But if you're a yeah. journalist, if you're a journalist, yeah. and you and, and you throw something out there like I just threw out there, mm-hmm. it's 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 a pretty black and white battle. It's like if you can prove it, prove it. If you can't, you can't. And why aren't why aren't more journalists when when we got into this 2020 um, narrative when it was really starting to 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 to, to, to go to take, you know, I think it was around March of 2020. Why weren't there more, especially people our age, why weren't there people who dug into that narrative and said, you know, if I, dude, if I was trying to sell you Sasquatch repellent spray, you, you, you would go do, uh, do don't we need to prove that Sasquatches exist before I need to buy right, your Sasquatch repellent spray, you know, but I'm like, yeah, you need to protect yourself, you know, Robert, you got to protect, protect yourself. So, mm-hmm. so why wasn't there more, why weren't there more people our age who called BS on that whole yeah. tactic? That's a great question. And I think partly is that we were part of that 20th century where science became the new religion. You know, even our parents began to adopt these things, began to eat food that wasn't food and not think anything of it when their kids were or they themselves were sick. Now, our difference in terms of even though we're about the same age was that I was sick. I was the canary in the coal mine of our Gen X generation. You found your wife very sick and it motivated you to learn the things you did. Um, And, you know, we are we're in the right in terms of what what we found and what we applied, even if we get into nuanced arguments that might be important uh, intellectually on virus, no virus, et cetera. But bottom line is my willingness and desire to see people well and, 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 and teach them that these are the steps to get you well, whether you believe in virus causation hypothesis or not. So I can put that aside just to say, Hey, you want help? Let that go. Let's give you some help. Uh, yeah. But there's so much more to what you've done in terms of what we call red pilling. And you mentioned your backstory in music, which is awesome because, you know, I remember growing up at a time, ah, man, some of my favorite memories in high school were being in a garage band. Oh my! God. I wasn't any good. I played a little bit of keyboard and I could sing a kiss song horribly. Uh, but the, the memories of it, the, what we were growing up seeing rock and roll come out into the world and uh, it just such a cool part of our childhood, I guess you could say, and move into adulthood. And a lot of my friends wanted to be the rock stars. And some of them even went into music. Some of them are still into music after all these decades. But you said in your bio that there was a point that you realized you weren't going to be the guy on stage, but you did a lot behind the scenes in terms of your understanding of also of theater and how that plays out in the various fields, which I think is fascinating. Uh, so I love that background story that you have because I can identify so much with it even today, how much I enjoy going to concerts, even though I'm not the guy uh, on the stage, although I did it once a couple of years ago. My my friend Rachel, the trainer, she's a part of the number two cover band in the nation. They get hired and sent out everywhere. And she invited me on the stage to sing a Neil Diamond song because that's the only thing I can oh, sing. Which one did you do? Of course, sweet Caroline, I wanted to do something obscure, but they wouldn't do it. But it was just so much fun. There's such great joy in in being in music like that. And like I said, that's why I love to be able to transition and find those things that bring us joy because there's a lot in this world right now and throughout our life that goes, oh, man, this is a bummer of a place to be sometimes. Well, you know, music, it's it's an interesting... um, it's an interesting parallel because I think, you know, in full disclosure, I was born in 65, graduated high school in 83. I think we're probably in, you, in, within a year we are yeah, in the same same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am um, like we music and by default media really shaped 
um, the pop culture narrative it shaped, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's hard. It's, 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 it's hard to get younger people to understand this, but do you remember Pat Benatar didn't just affect music. She affected haircuts. She yes. affected the way girls dressed, you know, and, 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 and there was a Pat Benatar look and we all knew it when, we were, we were in high school. Oh, the impact on culture was phenomenal. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, there wasn't a zillion channels yet on TV and all, and there wasn't instant access with internet yeah. stuff. So, uh, and funny, you bring up Pat Benatar. I have to share my Pat Benatar story now. Um, I was 16 on February 23rd, 19, what would be that be, 82? Yes. And uh, one of my friends in high school happened to be related, a cousin of Pat Benatar. She was coming to Atlanta to play the Omni at the time, uh, you know, in indoor kind of arena. And yeah. it was happened to be on my birthday. He's like, let's go. And I got backstage pass and everything went back. She actually gave me a kiss on the cheek and even kissed the backstage pass. It was like, one of those things like I'm 16 and on my birthday, Pat Benatar gave me a kiss. One of the coolest memories I have in rock and roll history. Yeah, and n n nowadays I don't know that she'd want that same kiss because she'd be shedding all over you. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, she's bought into a lot of it, but you know, I've got I've, got, I've actually got a friend that 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 works uh, works her tours, and um, at the height of this 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 just makes me I, again I'm so disappointed in a large segment of our peer group, um, her being one of them. Um, at the height of that, uh, you know, when, when when live music kicked back up again in, in, in like mid to late 2022, um, she required fans, fans. I'm talking yeah, it was a disappointment not, for sure. Not 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 the people coming to see her fans, the, the rotating things that blow air. She required fans to blow back into the audience so that the audience couldn't infect her well she bought into the germ theory like so many and and hasn't grown out of it perhaps maybe now um one of my friends who i met in the patriot community uh is a a, a recording artist a lot of country stuff but apparently pat benatar is a godmother to her kids so obviously they toured a little bit together and she's aware of it so i'm wondering if she's had an impact since that time i don't know on pat in that sense but uh you know i appreciate her her, her husband neil they've stuck together yeah. on like many yeah. hollywood and, and musical romances what a guitarist that guy is man yeah and i respect that immensely but yeah and and super don and i have talked about this like the disappointment we have or some of our you know we're fans of, of music and a lot of artists that went woke on this issue and you know there are times where i'm like i'll i'll never listen to them again right and then they didn't just go, but they didn't just go woke man we we existed in a time where there was true counterculture. And I think we're talking about this before we went on. Um, you and I and, and those people who share our, our, our age group, um, we never, we've never existed. We've never had a day in our life where we didn't know inherently that corporations and politicians were um, self-perpetuating, selfish, profiteering, you know, not, not looking out for your best interest. Yeah. Like it, it was a, it was a cultural meme. And, and we, we knew that. And, and, and a lot of the music that came out of our, our peer group reflected our acknowledgement that we knew that. Um, and then something happened in early 2020 where a significant portion of us overnight flipped and in that significant portion 
like counterculture in general. Like I'm a huge fan of punk rock. I love punk rock history. I, I, I've always loved the, um, the, what, whatever wasn't mainstream, I always gravitated towards that. Mm -hmm. And punk rock, I was a natural, it just naturally pulled me in. But some of my punk rock heroes um, have let me down. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't even want to be, I, I used to listen to Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys religiously. And, and right now, if I was in the same room with that guy, I'd punch him in the, in, in the face. <laughs> it's like he literally, like I would want to duct tape headphones to his head and make him listen to his own music that he made earlier in life and go, do you even believe the words that you are singing at the, and do you believe right. it anymore? Because you've become everything that you said you weren't. And, and, and we can go down the list, you know, the, the, the Dave Grohl's Dave Grohl is another oh, one, the rage God. against the machines, yeah. the, all of, all of those people who they claimed that they were one thing and then and they became the man time, yeah they flipped they just yeah. flipped and it wasn't just you know being woke is one thing but like can you imagine a time can you imagine us in high school and me walking up to you in high school back at you know back in the in the, in the early 80s and, and and go robert man there's going to come a time when these guys that we think are really cool right now mm -hmm. they're going to require us to get injections chemical right. injections like, no way you're, you're crazy. We, would like, yeah. we would be like it was it's inconceivable because mm -hmm. honestly somebody could have i i don't know if, if a band i liked said you had to eat a cookie to come in and see my show i'd be like screw you right not we're, not, we're not conforming we're to that not eating a yeah. cookie to come see your show yeah look at that you know? Oh, look at this. John Lydon, the Sex Pistols. I never thought I'd live to see the day when the right wing would become the cool ones, giving the middle finger to the establishment, and the left wing would become the sniveling, self-righteous, twatty ones going around shaming everyone. How about that? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, and it's funny that Lydon and Morrissey were are the two that stand out. Oh, being wait, wait. who, yeah, who they claim that they were. They've, they've, they've been consistent. But I will um, I will take a little bit of of uh, uh of umbrage with uh, with Leiden's use of the word right wing because I don't even know what that term means right. anymore. Like, what does right wing mean? Because because like it certainly doesn't mean conservative. And it, no, it, but it, John, it, when it, we were when we were growing up, I mean, the the people that were calling for censorship, right? Remember the moral majority, things like yeah. that. Um, they were you know on that left wing. Let's say right wing. We call they, it. They were on the blue, the blue side Republican. of the church. Yeah, it, it was the thing that they were the guys that were part of the establishment or wanted to strengthen government to mandate or prohibit. Right. So there was that element. So you grow up naturally, you lean left, you're free, you know, it's the, the thing of youth. And then now we go and I realize that the dialectic is not clear anymore on right, left, but you're right. The left, if you will call it that the Democrats, et cetera, are the ones that have been most overt in their, demanding fealty to government and obedience to mandates and prohibitions and embracing censorship like the the I right know. never did in terms of even the so-called moral majority which now i see in many cases it wasn't about censorship it was about you know when kids are kids there are certain things like uh transvestite trans whatever's reading in libraries like what is that can we let kids have childhood a little bit let's, you know? take, let's take a moment here to reclaim a few terms it's like when i what what originally attracted me to um, what first of all it was punk rock, but then it was the term conservative, and I and I was attracted to that term because that term meant that 
and, and, and this is this is how I learned it growing up, that when you're throwing stuff on the table, like your your freedoms, your liberties, you know, the, just stuff that means something to you, when you throw it on the table um, to allow third party intervention, you're either very conservative with what you throw on the table or, or you're very liberal in, in, in allowing someone else other than you to control these things that you're throwing on the table. So I was always con- always attracted ideologically and socially to conservatism because that meant um, conservatism meant I will be the arbiter of what I throw on the table, but to let a third party come in and even be part of the decision-making process for me. So I'm a, so I'm very conservative in that. I don't know what the hell most people today, I think conservative means Republican, but, and, and, and I don't mean to ruffle any Republican feathers out there, but like if you are taking part in anything, I have the, the dirty little secret with the district of Columbia, and that means everybody, everyone in the district of Columbia uh, that means the Republicans, it means the Democrats, it means the Libertarian, everybody that is in the District of Columbia. You, if you're taking part in that religion, and make no mistake, that the District of Columbia and the belief there uh, therein uh, uh, it is a religion. I, I actually think you could make the, uh, the, the argument that it's a cult, mm-hmm. because the difference between religions and cults is, is you know when you're in a religion, you, you don't always know when you're in a cult. Um, but but nonetheless, there is a religious belief factor baked into the belief in the District of Columbia. It is a desire. The District of Columbia in general wants to control the mm. District of Columbia. Who is going to argue with what I'm about to say right now? The District of Columbia actually believes that they have the authority to control others. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is that's that's a little twisted. You know, if you honestly believe that as a human being, you have the right to walk up to another human being and de- just declare that you have authority over this other human being, then then you believe in slavery. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's that was Everything. the point of the opening uh, piece from Brownstone uh, was about mandating tests. It's like, well, you you deny people their agency, their freedom. You now claim ownership and control of their body. And, you know, the great libertarian question is, who owns you? You know, you you start pondering that philosophically and say, well, how is it possible the government can tell me what to do with my body? Yeah, the Uh, thing I break with the libertarians, though, is is, is libertarians still believe in the District of Columbia. They still, libertarians are like good people trying to change the system. And that's like walking into a a porn store and trying to turn it into a Christian bookstore. It's like you're not going to do it. You can't do it from inside. Well, which is if we go back to the origin of America, I go back to the idea at least they tried an experiment. Can we constrain the nature of man in government to not, if if not to not do, but to prohibit them from doing, you know, to somehow holding them back from being able to do that, which monarchies, you know, throughout history and, and uh, uh, theocracies have done where it, again, it takes control and ownership of the people. And the attempt was to say, hey, the power is with the people, not in a democracy sense, but in a uh, relationship to the creator sense and that government was just given limited duties anything beyond that would be beaten back and we've lost our way in that regard why why is it baked into our worldwide thought process that we even need government and i know a lot of people go oh, no, no, that'll be chaos no no it won't um what we have right now worldwide is non-consensual authority declaration 
just these these entities, commercial, I might add, these commercial entities that just declare that they have authority over other human beings. And why is why are we expected to accept that as rational and normal? It's not. Uh, there is there is no scenario where I can come in, Robert, and declare authority over you. There's that's insane. It, it, it's it's it would be insane of me to think I could do so. It would be insane of me to try, and mm-hmm. it would be absolutely just off. Well, the it's done all of the time, and uh, people. Uh, look at government as something that is a what we call a necessary evil. And your argument is like, well, why do we even need that? And and I would, I'm not even pushing back. I'm just saying, you know, the idea of governance, uh, I think of self-governance, right? In the context yeah. of, I govern my own behavior because I understand as an adult, I get it. Kids are learning this, right? Golden rule, common law. I like Richard Mayberry's perspective. Do all you have agreed to do and do not encroach on other persons or the property, boiling it all down to like, Man, just don't kill me. Don't break or take my stuff. I won't do that to you. Harm. And then you don't need don't cause harm. Right. True do no action. harm. Yet we know that people don't govern themselves based on that. They, you know, they they operate on their base carnal desires in whichever direction it is. And so they willingly and knowingly or in ignorance violate our right to life, liberty, and property all the time. So the I the argument is that, well, let's get together and create a police or a peace force and it's always ending up corrupted and our founders warned us that that would never never, be the case it's never consensual that's that's the Mm. thing it's like like no police department is consensual there might be some sheriff's departments that that are left that are that are unincorporated Mm. that are still consensual but every single police department by the definition of what they are Mm. is this commercial entity that just declares that it has authority over it's well, subjects. John, you just went right to the heart of it is that our abandonment of our essential spiritual self and reality and adopting an alternate uh, identity in the commercial code, for instance, that suddenly we might believe we're spiritual beings having physical bodies, but we've got all these contracts of adhesion we've been deceived into binding to, and then they're operating in our artificial construct. Dude, I'm so, I'm so glad you brought up the UCC because I, and this is, this is a pro tip. For any of you out there that like to just mess with people, whenever somebody says, you know, you know, you're breaking the law or you're going against the law, I always say, show me the law. Like, mm-hmm. I like I really want to read the law. And every single time it, I get sent a link and it starts with UCC. <laughs> I'm like, do you understand what those three letters mean? That's the uniform commercial code. Commercial commercial. Mm-hmm. is is not i mean it's not real commercial commercial is fictional anything commercial only exists on paper it is a fictional paradigm mm-hmm. and, but it becomes so, very it becomes all encompassing and very real again the matrix concept when 1999 that movie came out remember seeing the matrix the first time in theater uh, i'm actually I, I know this will blow your mind but um i am so anti-Hollywood. I've never seen the Matrix. Okay. All right. Well, I had to suspend that anti-Hollywood thing just to see and experience something that was mind-blowing in kind of explaining what the, you know, the world pulled over your eyes, as I said, you know, the land of illusion. It's just, this is what we live in. And yet in our spiritual sense, we can see through the language of the Matrix. We can navigate it. Uh, We can certainly complain about it and do nothing or figure out what are the, what is the extent of participation to make this place better. You know, I talked about in the opening, like feeling 
the weight of the world, looking at the history of only even the 20th century when we grew up middle of the, you know, kind of middle uh, uh, or latter middle of the century. Going, gosh, man, there's been a lot of nasty stuff. I'd like to see it be better. And and then, you you know, maybe as an adult, you mature to realize I, as much as I'd like to have control, I don't really don't want control over other people for sure. But it no, certainly sucks when that's, people that's, violate rights all of the time. Yeah, no, no, I, I really do think it all comes down to consent mm-hmm. and and the ability to just say no. I mean, I can honestly, I can look you guys straight in the, in, in the eyes and tell you throughout the entire wackiness of 2020 and beyond, I didn't change my lifestyle one bit. I went everywhere I wanted to go. I, I certainly didn't take any sort of quote unquote test. I didn't inject myself with anything. I didn't wear any sort of face diaper. I didn't do, I didn't change anything. Uh, I kept a smile on my face. I was not looking for confrontation. I just, I, I walked in, maybe there was a couple, of, a small handful of times when somebody would go, you know, I, I need you to put this mask on. And I would just smile mm-hmm. and go, no, thank you. Would you like me to leave? And Every single time it was like, no, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Go, yeah. go ahead. Because they know that they can't ask you to leave. And um, I never had any Karen moments. Nobody, nobody got on me. I just went on about my business. But I, the weird thing, the weird thing, and it, 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 it kind of blew my mind that I can tell this tale today and I don't have any Karen moments. Um, nobody came up to me. Nobody got in my face. Nobody like did any of that. But mm. what did happen is, is I had far too many people come up to me and go, thank you real yeah. quietly, quietly. Don't tell anybody I'm with you. Thank you for not wearing a mask. And I was like, yeah. what would make you think that I would, wh- why, what, what would make you think that we had to wear a mask? Because you saw yeah. it on your, you know, you, you saw it on your fondle slab or, or, or you know, or, yeah. or, or your, your, your screen. And it told you that it's like, fondle it's like slab. I haven't heard that. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, Oh, gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. But, you know, you carry the energy again of of, uh, doing the right thing for the right reason. And, uh, you know, why would others be able to enter into that realm and and challenge you as Karens? Because the energy you carry is so, let's say, grounded and powerful, not in the terms of wanting to dominate others, but just to live in your truth. And I think that's a lesson that we could all learn because we've come through a time where it wasn't easy to navigate, even for people that believe similarly to us, that found ways to acquiesce and found themselves in Karen situations constantly. Yeah, well, and and I again, you know, I don't know if we were talking about this uh, before or or, or during this conversation, but I mentioned, you know, I'm a big fan of of bringing back peer pressure. I think a lot of people our age thought maybe peer pressure ended in in middle school. It didn't end, no. But when when you talk of peer pressure, the the peer pressure was to conform more than not, including with our rock star heroes when we were kids. And to the, to everyone our age, to to everyone you know, mid forties or or above, every single one of us know better. Like we that we didn't we have not like I will stress we've never lived a day when we n- did not know inherently politicians and corporations do not have our best interest in mind. Like it's literally been a comedic meme our entire lives. So why all of a sudden during the beginning of 2020 did too many of us, far too many of us flip and go, these people that I've known my entire life are liars and cheats and manipulators and deceivers. Like why all of a sudden did they just become reputable to the point that I will inject myself 
with chemicals that, that, exactly. that, that they wouldn't that they wouldn't even tell you what was in them. You know, that's that, that, that's the other thing is, is like you don't even have to get into why it's like, dude, if I walked up to you cold and just said, Robert, man, I gave mm-hmm. you a syringe and said, stick this in your arm. Yeah. Would, no. would, would you would, would there ever be a scenario? Yeah, where you yeah. Would, okay. it up your okay. Okay. That's my response. <laughs> hey, Come on, you Robert, got, man. I'm, your, I'm your bro, man. I like you. Yeah. Trust we, me. It'll be good for you. <laughs> we, yeah. We've got a link up in the show notes today to to the red pill revolution dot com. For someone who's not seen the Matrix movie, I think that's hilarious and awesome. Uh, but you don't need to. You get well, the I get concept. The of it. Trust me, I get that. I get the reference. Yeah, and of course, we go to the red red pill, you know, expo with uh, G. Edward Griffin and everything. Uh, but there's a free download of a of of something you've written called the uh, Anti Dependency Suggestion Guide. <laughs> so tell me about this, and is it, it? It looks like it's absolutely free. This would be great for everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and and I really, I really, really want to stress. Um, um, you know, we've, we've touched on not wanting to control and manipulate people. I'm not looking to collect emails and market a bunch of crap to, 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 to your listeners. Um, this really is like, I love conversation. I love sharing knowledge. There's all kinds of stuff that, you know, Robert, that I would benefit from knowing. There's all kinds of stuff I know that you would benefit from knowing. Um, the more you and I talk, the, the, the better we both become. Um, mm-hmm. Because because we're engaged in conversation, so conversation means a lot to me. And this this guide is really a a knowledge share, and it touches on some major points in life that any of us any of us can just um, read about, imp- implement, and take back um, some, if not all, of our freedom and our our sovereignty and just, just our, just our, our independence. It touches on like, like these, these, it touches on water, light, um, EMF, electro smog, grounding, healthcare, um, the sourcing of anything, um, which I think is a huge topic to be talked about. You got to know where your stuff is coming from. Mm-hmm. The difference in, in, in pros and cons of physical goods versus digital um, media in general. Uh, another huge topic for me, the difference between commercial and private, um, which is the difference between legal and lawful. Um, mm-hmm. And then and it ends on consent. And it, and the way that I put this guide together was every single one of those sections has got two or three things that every one of us can do in, 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 in real life. Nice. And and just go, I hope that there's not a human being out there that would download this and not find two or three things that made them go, oh, man, I didn't even know that. That's that's <laughs> like that. that That's pretty cool. That's and that's, awesome. that's that's really yeah. what, what and it's just a knowledge share. And it's like, and man, I don't want to sell you anything. I just I want you to know this stuff, too, because it, it, it's what it did to me. And, and, and it made me go, ah, oh, I got to, you know, I want to I want other people to know this. But, yeah. So, Take the it lost, the lost generation, my aspirin, Gen X to the rescue, buddy. There, there, there. Uh, appreciate you know all that you're bringing. This is a lot of fun. Super Don has not been participating at all. Uh, are you like intimidated by our own generation here? What's going on? Where are you hiding? There he is. I just there I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get in the way. Uh, <laughs> between the two of you, uh, it's like a hurricane. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are finishing each other's sentences, and I, I knew uh, this was going to happen. I just had a had a hunch. Dude, this is a great, great way to get into the weekend. I love it. Uh, the, the Friday uh, show here today, and I'm great. Finally connected with you. I don't know how I didn't know you. Dude, all these talk years. about a knowledge bomb here. I mm-hmm. am thoroughly impressed. Mm-hmm. I have learned a new word today. <laughs> fondle <laughs> slab. That's yeah. fondle slab. That's yes. impressive. There are, there, are, there are far too many people playing with their fondle slabs. <laughs> and, and it sounds just nasty enough that you can get yeah. away with it. 
<laughs> oh it's God. like, I don't, is it okay to say that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, we said it anyway. Yes. And I think I got, I knew exactly what it was the moment he said it. I was like, dude, that's awesome. So, and you found it in what, an urban dictionary? I don't know where that was uh, from. Wiktionary, I think it was. Wiktionary. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Dude, that's, this is awesome. Do you have any music stuff, Super Don? You want to talk uh, to John? He's got that background there as well. We love talking music. No, too. we had a good conversation before. Oh, yeah. We were talking about... Um, uh, growing up and 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 our parents having the old console stereos. Oh, did you? You had one of those too, right, Robert? Didn't you? Oh yeah, in your house. Course. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think all of us did. Right, weighed about a thousand pounds. Yeah, when you had to try and move it. Yeah, it was stuff. the size. Of the side, it was bigger than a couch. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it, 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 it usually housed the, uh, the the radio, the turntable. You could drop your records in there, and yeah, man, that, those 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 things are the, the, the fond fond yeah. memories of of that piece of particular furniture. <laughs> yeah, dude, and, uh, you know, just those days, um, you know, how what a big deal it was when, when, when it's your first car to put in uh, a stereo that had a cassette player in it uh, from the 8-track early years to the cassette we, player. And, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a really, I don't know, I find it interesting anyways. You know, people talk about, healthcare and and we we in mass are so disconnected i think healthcare means to a lot of people access to government services and products which you know if you want to stay healthy you probably should stay away from government services and products but um but nonetheless a lot of people think of healthcare and they're completely disconnected um from the value of it because there's no money actually exchanged there's no physical exchange mm -hmm. and i think music has become like that where there's no physical like I've got, I've got two, my, my, I, I, two of the best boys I could have ever asked for. Um, I've got my, my youngest son is 18. My, my oldest is 26. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they have had to grow up with me. So they, they definitely grew up with a lot of, a lot, <laughs> lot, lot of media. My kids are 18 and 23. They had to grow up with me, but yeah, and, and, it, man. But, but, and, 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 and Robert, maybe you can relate to this. And, and so, so like, I mean, I've held, Man, my, my oldest son, I, I mean, I've got so many stories, you know, I, I you know, backstage because uh, because I did a lot of music industry stuff. I was backstage at an early Smashing Pumpkins concert one time. and My son was a baby. I'm mm -hmm. holding him in my hand and there's all these goth kids waiting to meet Billy Corgan. And he walks in and he ignores all of them and walks right over to me and starts playing with my kid. And I was like instantly hated by a room full of goth kids. And it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a beautiful moment. I like awesome. I, one of my favorite rock and roll moments. But but all that to say, like the, my, my boys have grown up around music and still to this day, I can go to either one of my sons and go show me your music collection. And they just hand me their fondles lap. Oh. And, 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 and it's like, dude, like, I've got record bins in my bedroom. Right. Like, 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 like I, I like, I, I love physical media. Oh. I love, I love, I mean, to this day, opening up a, a new, I just, I just got three in the mail today. Yeah. Some new LPs. You take that plastic off and you open it up. Oh my it gosh. Up, yeah. Smell it yeah. And, oh, Great memories. Just, Hit yeah. the record store on the first day, a new release happened. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it was expensive for us, but not as expensive in terms of the the downfall of the dollar and what it what it means today to buy stuff. But you're right. But there was community. There was community yeah. there. There were there were memories. You would just go there. to the record store just to get, even if you weren't going to buy a record, just to go in and, and flip through the records just to yeah. look and see what they had, right? And, and that and there that was it was a physical relationship. There was a physical mm -hmm. relationship between people and music. And it's starting to come music. back, though. Have you noticed that? It's people are getting into that. There's a re a new record. Uh, well, it's been there for about a year now. 
but here local in town here where they, they open it up and it's, it's got right. You can go in and, and buy records. Well, d- d- yeah. depending upon what, 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 uh, what your, your official sources may or may not be, um, 2023 is on track to be, uh, the year when vinyl is the dominant format. Wow. Which I, th- which I think is, is, is amazing. Cool. I, we're, talk- we're talking paid yeah. format. You know, like there's right. more people buying vinyl than it's coming back. I, I get chills. That's fun. It's That's coming awful. back. And let me just show you when you, while you guys were talking, I, I ran into the uh, living room behind me here, just outside of my office here. This is in my family room right here. I inherited this. This was, there, the one. Oh, there you yeah. go. This yeah. was, was in, in my, how my home growing up. Oh, look at uh, what's on top of it too. Is that one of those flip top? Like that's a turntable in and out. Yeah. We'll see what thing. happened was I, I got this and mm-hmm. I've got to get, find somebody that can repair the turntable because it doesn't work. That's the original turntable, but something's not right there. So my son bought me, <laughs> bought me a, a portable, yeah. got me a portable player and I've got it uh, wired into the, the console, but does it have the RCA jacks to, to it do it? It does, but it was before they were called RCA jacks. They're just like metal things, you know, they, yeah. not the red and the, and, right. and the yeah the, red, the red, white, white yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah dude this is awesome oh yep. man uh john as i knew we would have such a great time today on the show and it's there's not enough time so we'll have to do more if you don't mind do you have a, you should have a show yourself are you kidding me with what with all you know and do well do, do, yeah i i i am at at, at at my core i am a content creator and so my content um comes out via the the redpellrevolution.com i've got um some other cohorts that are helping me create content there um mm-hmm. there's lots of good video content um book content um we're even going to start getting into some music here in, in in the 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 weeks and months to come so i i'm i'm just you know I think we're all kind of going towards the same thing. We want we want to build a network of good people, having good conversation for good reasons, and um, and, and just push push. We we are all learning our way forward, and mm-hmm. and and, that, and 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 the only way to do that is to have these these types of conversations, and and not get butt hurt when a conversation doesn't go the way that you might want it to go. It's it's like man, just. <laughs> man or woman up and, 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 you know, get, get over yourself and not everybody has to believe the same thing. And, 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 and I think that was beautiful about the time when that was beautiful about the early eighties, man. I mean, I, I would love to end on this. I, I, we both existed pre boy George and you know what, when boy George came out, it was, it was interesting and, and, and cool and, and, and a little weird for about a minute, but do you remember anybody getting, you know, they're, 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 undies in a wad over sexuality or anything like that. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like nobody no. cared. It yeah. was like, you know, you know what it was? It was, it was good, catchy music. And, and, yeah. and that's, that's, that's what, yeah, yeah, there was that, you know, Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a dude. It's not really a girl. And even the jocks were like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of weird. You know, <laughs> I like the song though, you know, right. and, and, yeah. and, and, and it was it like that was, it was, it was over and done with. And, and, and these days, I don't know, man. It I, wasn't I, I, in your face yeah. like it, like it is now. Well, you know, being defined by your sexuality used to be tacky, and, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, heterosexual, homosexual, or otherwise, it used to be tacky. Man, nobody wanted to hear about 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 your sexuality. We're we're, we're so much more than our sexuality is, and nowadays, mm-hmm. um, thanks to you know the dark forces that that love to invert things, now you know now it's cool to be defined by your sexuality. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. Whatever, whatever. We 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 know better, you know. Hey, we, John, we, one one question before I let you go. It's about the yeah. kid, right? Your kid, yeah. eighteen and twenty six. You said. Yeah. 
particularly the 18-year-old, how has he dealt with the wokeness of his generation, uh, knowing, you know, what he knows? He, um, thankfully, we, we live, we live west of Nashville in a, uh, in a, in a, in a really small little artsy town. Um, a lot of people here live, uh, you know, exist in the, in the entertainment industry in general. Um, so we got a really good cross section of types of people. And again, he had to grow up with me as his father. Um, he, um, he is, very much his mother's son. Um, my, my, my wife is a beautiful woman, but she is driven by her emotions, as mm-hmm. most um, humans with uteruses are. And I love the difference between boys and girls. You know? I know, I know yeah. who's sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I, I know that couch very well. No, but, but, but my, son, my son's a very emotional guy and he wants to he wants everyone to be happy and he wants to help everyone and he wants to please everyone and um it's obviously a very trying time um for for anyone regardless of your age to 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 be pleasing everybody but um we he he has come to terms um he just graduated high school so he's kind of getting his taste of like post post Mm -hmm. high school and um and he's kind of seeing there's a there's there's a bigger world out there than just the high school paradigm yeah. and there's a bunch of different types of people you know he's he's into audio production so he's going to a, a an audio school here called sae okay. and um and and he came to me the other day and he and he was like and he's he's kind of already made as you know he's in his first semester just finished his first semester actually and he's already made his little posse of of, of little like you know 19 20 year old production dudes that are all making beats and stuff like that but he came to me the other day he said he said dad he's like there's this guy in our class. He's like, he's, he's totally like you. He's a total dad, you know, which, which, which is, yeah. I was like, come on, man. (laughs) He's a total dad. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's but dude can rap. He's like, he's got total skills. And so we got him on some beats and he's like, this is awesome. And so I'm really proud of my, my, my boy. Cause he's seeing that um, he's because he had to go to high school during the years that he went to high school, mm-hmm. he got a really good taste of the man, the mm-hmm. system. And, um, and high school anymore is like just just training you for prison. I mean, it's yeah. it's just it's just prison indoctrination. It and is, so, yeah. and, and and so so he saw that, and 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 he he mirrored his high school experience with with his mother and father, what, 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 how they live their lives. And I think he just got a real good taste of the real world. I got a lot of faith in our young folks right now, because I think if you talk to the under 20 crowd, um, they have, they've been born into a, a world where they don't trust anything. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't trust well, anything. It's like my daughter at 18 going through a lot of similar things you're discussing. And yeah, she's the musical one. She's doing audio stuff. It's fascinating. Uh, the journey that they're going through, but I love it. And I appreciate so much sharing, not only our memories of us growing up, but the kids, next generations. We got to do this again. Absolutely. I hope we can do that again. Man, Robert, Don, both of you guys, man, thank you for your time today. This this has been a great conversation. Great, great, great way to kick into the weekend. Totally. John Gusty, the redpillrevolution.com. And we will definitely have you back on anything we can do together. Or when I'm in the Nashville area, we, we I know we're going to connect on that as well. Or if you're out and about uh, somewhere where I am, because I'm out and about all the I time. Heard you, did I hear you're going to Arizona next week? 
Yeah, we got a Phoenix Scottsdale event. Uh, there's going to be, a, a, you know, it's health freedom, medical type stuff, but the, not the woke kind of thing, the good stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in Phoenix uh, November 3rd and 4th. And so we're going to be in Phoenix together. So we also have the third, uh, there's going to be an event at the um, the Giving Tree, an organic vegan restaurant there in Phoenix uh, that you might want to join us at. And uh, my good friend, uh, Brian Artis, Dr. Artis, you've, you've heard a lot about him with yeah, the yeah, snake yeah. venom stuff. So if you're in the neighborhood, we got to exchange connections so we can see you when we're well, together. Hit, hit me up on email. Let's let's hook up when I'm out, when we're both out there. That'd be awesome. I'll, Dude, I'll swing by the event. Absolutely. Consider right, John, well, great to have you on board. Great to call you, uh, you know, uh, let's say a, a new friend to the program and to us and to uh, connect on something that, you know, we've had such a similar journey and uh, many of the conclusions identical. And yes, you're right. We will impact each other in, in great ways. So thank you. Uh, well, Robert and, and Don, man, both, both thank you for, thank you for the way you conduct business and for the way you conduct conversation. And, and this has been a, an absolute professional and personal pleasure. So. Awesome. Well, John, we'll see you soon. In fact, Likewise. next weekend in Phoenix. This is great. Well, we've we've gone long in hour one, but that's okay. We we control the vertical and the horizontal, and uh, and then we let it go, and then we do another hour or less than at this point. Come on over to robertscabell.com, sign up for the uh, newsletter, and become a patron supporter, and you can join us tomorrow, the 28th of October, Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, for our AMA via Zoom. We get to see one another, interact, ask questions. It's going to be awesome. And Superdon has put it out there as well for you if you want to be part of it. So with that, we'll take a moment's pause and be back with Hour 2 because the power to heal is yours. Dude, that was so much fun. Hour one, Friday. That's how I want my Friday shows to go. Is that is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? Well, regardless, uh, we we'll uh, we'll make it through, lighten it up as we can in the midst of uh, yes, a lot of intensity. Uh, we still got to live our life, and that's the thing that I learned as well early on. And it is still an ongoing lesson, you know, when we get wrapped up and caught up in the in you know the the tragedies that occur on this planet. And, and some people will say, well, how can you be laughing and smiling with this happening somewhere on the planet? And if we were to spend our time in misery because there are people suffering, if we were there, we would be 24-7 in that state. And what good would that do for them or anybody? So to find the joy in life, to find reasons to uh, even reminisce, it's not so bad to look back and go, well, that was fun. And you just you relive those moments. And could we see some of those things coming back? Because there's good things that happened in our lifetime too. It's not all bad in the midst of all of that. And I think by celebrating life, we do more to impact positively those that are suffering than just by commiserating and being miserable because they're in states of misery. And you know, maybe justifiably so if you see some of the places on this planet right now, what's happening. Uh, those that want to own and control us would love us to, to live permanently in a state of victim consciousness in a state of misery and, oh, nothing will ever get better. You can't fight the man. City Hall's too big. And it's like all of those things will drive us into, again, a state of despair, depression, anger, frustration, all of those things. And uh, I, I think it, it turns us away often until we are miserable enough maybe to find our way back to our, I call it our spiritual essence. 
And that, you know, doesn't necessarily align with any one church, synagogue, mosque, et cetera, or it may, but the point is, what is it for you that brings you that great joy? What is it that sustains that joy? Because joy or ecstasy, ecstasis, uh, I believe that means to be with God, original word. I like word origin, etymology, all of that. Uh, What is that? And how can you sustain it for longer or prolonged periods of time? Because we have in this lifetime highs and lows. You know, we hope that they don't go to that manic level and then they wrongfully diagnose you as having, you know, an anti-anxiety medicine deficiency or an SSRI deficiency. Again, this is where we've corrupted our, you know, our worldview has become corrupted by those who profit from us and enslave us to a chemical construct. We can just manipulate your chemistry with this synthetic patented, you know, FDA approved drug. And, you know, as, as last hour, we discussed that, you know, even the idea that, Um, you know, we have drug deficiencies. Where did that come from? Was that part of human existence throughout our history or did it become manipulated over generations to where a significant portion of our population believes that you can inject your way back to health? You can poison your way back to health, et cetera. Ignoring the fact that we poisoned ourselves into a lack of good health, optimal functioning, metabolic, you know, well, Take a deep breath. Now I'm getting serious again. It's Friday. What happened to me? Super Don. This is where I end up going. Like, I can't help myself. You know, bring it back. Bring it out. Bring it back in. Just a serious Friday for you for some reason. Well, I mean, there are elements of that that, uh, you know, I guess it's the when you think about the, the rhythm of communication, how how is it that you could succeed in 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 sharing a message as opposed to having it kind of just dissipate into the ethers and never, never land. Well, if I was a one note kind of guy, you wouldn't be with me. We wouldn't be hanging out either. The idea of being able to talk about various different things in various different ways to acknowledge ups and downs and not to pretend they don't exist, but also recognizing that they're part of the journey to help us, I think, find those places where we are joyful, where we are truly, you know, we have those happy moments and we can, how can we extend them further and further? What can we do to do that? And, uh, Things like just having having good discussions like we did last hour helped me to do that, too. Yeah, he's something else, isn't he? Yeah, that was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Even mom liked it. Mom's watching. She yeah, was that was good. That, so. was, that was a good, good conversation. We'll have to get him on again. But, I mean, it was um, – I had a feeling mm-hmm. that you got – I'm sorry. I was looking at my fondle slab. <laughs> uh, you guys were literally like, I mean, on the same, it was funny actually when he first started out because he was talking about, you know, the viruses and, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm listening to him. And I'm like, he hasn't watched our show before. No, I know. It was an, it was because a- I mean, he was, he was basically, you know, he was, he was telling you what you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it's cool to see. Good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was, uh, Man, I mean, it's like you guys are cut from the same cloth and almost the same age, too. Yeah, think about where you're apart and yeah. you're just a, f- a little bit younger, but still a lot of the experiences we shared were not unique to us and not you. You've had. No, them no, no. We were all, in, yeah, we're all yeah. in the same. Yeah. We're close enough within four years. So, yeah. Well, then again, you went to grandpa level way before us. So, I got started early. Yeah. Yeah. So, you took, you took serious that go forth and multiply thing. Very seriously. Pretty much. Pretty much. And so have your kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, somebody's got to repopulate the planet. 
Yeah, well. Let's hope the nailer impact is positive. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hope they're not like I was. Uh-oh. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Hey, there was an article last hour we didn't get to on microbial resistance. Yes. I think this is an interesting talk because we sort of hit on, you know, germ theory issues last hour. And this is in Medical Express. It says the term antimicrobial resistance has little meaning to the public and should be renamed. So this is obviously a PR issue. It's like they're not paying attention. They're not listening. We've been telling them. But the reality of this is it's not the public. Although, yeah, okay, we can look at the public. What does that mean? How is it defined? But it's the dunderheaded doctors. And I, I don't mean to be mean to doctors right now, but I just got to acknowledge that without doctors prescribing antibiotics, right, in this culture in the United States, you have to have a prescription for an antibiotic. Whereas it, I think if you're in Mexico, you can get them over the counter. But resistance is something that happened within the first week, if you will, of the discovery of antibiotics, because there was always going to be like Michael Crichton novels, you know, say life will find a way. Nature always wins out. You try, uh, you know, a, 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 a narrow way of defeating an enemy in nature and it's going to go, yeah, all right, you got some of us, but now I've got some stored DNA here that I haven't used. So I'm going to use it. And now I'm going to eat that antibiotic for lunch the next time you use it. So they knew of antibiotic resistance almost as soon after they developed these antibiotic superdine. This didn't take years and decades. Right. Yet we're acting like it's a new thing they, still. No, they just kept kick, kicking the can down the road is what they did on this situation until, exactly. it, beca until it became a problem. Which is, dude, that's just human nature. We're, we are so stupid. as we, we just are. We are our own worst enemy. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's because human nature kicks in, yeah. uh, even though, you know, you get these scientists stuff and they want to, you know, put on their lab coat. You know, they're the, the enlightened, intelligent ones in the, in the you know, society. They're going to save the human race and make everything you know, great and stuff like that. And honestly, they're the ones that are killing us. Yeah. And, and, and this is another example where, you know, they know this is, this is happening and stuff. Yeah. And, and instead of going, okay, everybody, full stop. Yeah. This is a problem. And if we don't do something about it, it's going, you know, uh, and of course, it's more complicated than that because yeah. it's, you've got the doctors and then you've got, you know, government and then you've got corporate interests and money mm -hmm. and all that stuff that gets in the way. And, and I understand that. But, uh, so I what, think it's, what do we do to quote unquote solve the problem? We, we rename say, it. Well, rename it. That's what they're saying. Yes. If we can call it something else, then people will take it seriously. <laughs> I don't know if they came up a up with a name as good as a uh, uh, fondle slab. Uh, for uh, this. Well, here's the thing. They they did a survey mm -hmm. uh, with people, and they used a bunch of of give a bunch of examples. And so uh, some of the suggestions that they threw out there was one was AMR. So instead of antimicrobial resistance, AMR, uh, we'll call it AMR. Now, here's here's what I'm thinking. How is that going to work? This is oh, what I'm saying. When the problem is that people don't understand what antimicrobial resistance is, yeah. calling it AMR does nothing. Uh, that's just an acronym. That's well, just it's like that's PCR. Stupid. I guess I guess it's easier to program people to these these acronyms. But uh, yeah. AMR, that's that's kind of sucks. So AMR now, and antimicrobial resistance were among the lowest scoring terms out of the forty that they threw out there okay. for memorability, understanding situations. So uh, the terms antibiotic resistance mm -hmm. scored high. Sure. Drug resistant infections scored high. Okay. Um. 
and, and I understand. I mean, that just makes sense because it kind of explains a little bit better. Yeah. What in the antimicrobial? Do, do you skin. know my argument for my lectures over the years have been, I think, more more effective, and they probably didn't use this word. Hmm. Antibiotic is chemotherapy. And if indeed a doctor said, look, you have an infection, I can prescribe for you some chemotherapy. Do you think that would work to make what? Wait, doc, it's just an infection. Really? Is that what we have to do? Chemo? And I think that would be more efficient because it's truly a form of chemo and it's devastating to your own microbiome, much less the resistance it breeds. Now, some would argue in a centralized bureaucracy power structure, well, oh, we ought to have a law. We need to clamp down on these things from a central you know, uh, location. But we've already seen the failure of that because those agencies are captured by the industry that benefits by continuing to of buy course, yeah, yeah. antibiotics. So how about like me? I just asking a lot. One day you wake up and realize the antibiotics are killing me. I've been on them my whole life. I got to find another way. And you do. Despite all of the obstacles, the FDA says they don't exist. If they do exist, they're lying to you. They should be in jail. We should bankrupt them. And, of course, finding dietary supplements, minerals, silver, bioactive silver hydrosol, colloidal silver, homeopathic remedies that address infection, various botanicals that can modulate the immune system and or have direct impact on infection. And yet someone will say, well, you can't do that because the government says you can't. Well, like John Gusty last hour, like me this hour and all every hour, we didn't wait for permission. We said simply, we've identified a way out of this mess and we're going to take that path and I'm not waiting for you. You guys want to come along fine, but if not, and despite all of the obstacles, we're going to keep going. Now it'd be better. I agree. If the government was not actively against actually a solution, mm. because as they say, there's a, they have their own people, solution. They're like, yes, we got a problem. But then you pop proffer the solution that doesn't involve more drugs. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, well, we, didn't, we didn't go there. What what, you, what you've got is with these these antibiotics, they'll they'll give somebody, and I know this because I know people that are dealing with this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll give in fact I know one person's been taking Keflex. Now Keflex is not a not a small yeah. powerful, uh, powerful deal. antibiotic. Yeah, for eleven mm-hmm. years. Holy crap. <laughs> I was just like, really? Uh, yeah, that's a part of this problem. But yeah. what they do is, you know, they take the the antibiotics and then the antibiotics start working. Yeah. And so they just throw more antibiotics in there, right? More powerful right. ones. Well, we'll give you two antibiotics. How about three antibiotics? Well, Superdon, you, know? you go to the Monty Python school of, of renaming things, I know. And yes. you, you've come up with, with the help of artificial intelligence 10 options <laughs> that might cause people to pay attention. I, yeah. I chose chemo, right? As a, yeah. a word that will call. Well, people I, I was it. thinking what, you know, what would be some, some good um, alternative names mm-hmm. for antibiotic or excuse me, antimicrobial resistance. resistance. Yeah. And, and there's a couple here I thought were pretty good. Okay. Uh, germ rebellion. <laughs> that, that explains what's going on, right? Yeah. The, the, the germs, germs are rebelling. Are, They're part of the rebellion. rebellion. Yes. Uh, antimicrobial resistance. How about bacteria blockade? <laughs> a bacterial blockade. Blockade. Right. Or how I about, like the alliterations. Microbe mutiny. Microbe mutiny. That's good. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Bug defiance. Uh, I don't like that one. Although okay. it's, I mean it's good, but I don't like. It's not as good. 
And mm-hmm. now, now here's a here's a kind of a brainy one here. Mm-hmm. Antibiotic antagonism. antagonism. Yeah, that's good. Again, alliterations. I'm a sucker for a good alliteration. People have to look up what antagonism is. <laughs> uh, okay. The the germ proof jamboree. All right, man, we're in right. Uh, Invinci bug syndrome. <laughs> that, that to me is like Bodie McBoatface. Yes. Uh, if you remember that. Well, that's a good one. Med define microbes. Okay. Bacterial bypass. Yeah. And this last one, unstoppable germageddon. Maybe that will get people to stop. Oh, okay. that, that might be scary enough. Yeah. Right. Now, it isn't about attacking and killing, although there are times you got to come back over these things and recover, but really it's the, the law of the terrain, y'all. Uh, it is the terrain, the milieu, or the environment that determines what grows there. So if you are suffering from a bacterial infection, it is not because of the bacteria. The bacteria are opportunistic in an environment that they can thrive in. What have you done to participate in making that good for them? You know, and I say, you party too hard, now it's time for the, the germs to party. Uh, you've done things to d- make your immune system deficient or corrupt your uh, environment through toxicity, deficiency, et cetera, which doesn't require drugs necessarily unless you're too far gone. And then, you know, that my discussion on Monday's show, interestingly enough, was with uh, uh, Dr. Um, Lee Merritt, right, and on her show. And we went into some of these things and, you know, maybe a place where we'd say in a very narrow place, a limited place that an antibiotic like a, you know, chemo could be arguably a life or death scenario intervention. But that's, you know, always been my argument of allopathic medicine. It has a place. It's just like over there in the corner wearing a dunce cap most of the time. Let them come out when it's appropriate. No other. And uh, then we'll be all better off for it. But to my original point on this, the doctors play a huge role in facilitating this. But let's just say the doctors stop participating. What do we see about the COVID injections that a lot of doctors are going, we don't want this. Now they're saying, hey, we can just give it to you in a nasal spray and anybody can inject without injection. They're they're doing a bypass, in other words. They see the resistance among doctors for this stuff. And so then the the enemy becomes, we don't need, the doctors were our ally, right? Big Pharma. And now, well, if they're not going to play along, we'll go to the, you know, the Walmart checkout clerks. I've said it. And we'll just sell them nasal spray that they can go home and inject without injecting themselves, vaccinate on and on it goes. So the things I predicted are coming to pass. The yes. question is, can we reach the people to let them know that those things are not necessary? In fact, they're worse for you than doing nothing. I don't know if we'll get to everybody, but uh, we've been at it. This will be coming up in 2024. We'll begin the 25th year of what started as jumpstart your health in Atlanta to the Robert Scott Bell show some years later and super Don helped make this the awesome show that it is. I take no credit. It's all super Don. So here we are. <laughs> teamwork. Yes. Teamwork. teamwork. Yes. Uh, let's see. We got some other, uh, let's say, I guess, medically oriented uh, uh, stories here heading in the weekend. Defenders reporting uh, through sustainable pulse, massive rise in childhood leukemia, likely caused by glyphosate. The Global Glyphosate Study, a multi-institutional long-term study coordinated by the Ramazzini Institute, today released data linking glyphosate-based weed killers like Monsanto's Bayer's Roundup to the 35% rise in childhood leukemia since 1975. You know, and you, you see an article like this and you're like, hey, but, but what about, right, dot, 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 fill in the blanks. What about 5G? What about EMF? Yeah. What about power lines? Yeah. So... To me, it's not about one thing, even though you could read The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg, you'll say it's all about the electrical grid. And yet it isn't all about it, but it's a big part of it. 
So I, I when I see this about glyphosate, I don't dispute that glyphosate is devastating, right, left and center. But without add a number of things into the mix, a lot of people are resilient enough to 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 navigate it and not succumb to something like leukemia, for instance. And I would say you you a word you just use right there is mix. Okay, I am under the. Under the impression, or I have the opinion that yes, it's more of the mix that is probably contributing to this. Not one thing, but everything. That, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. You know, I mean, they were saying what 1975. Yes, so it's 85, 95, 05, 15. So forty some odd years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost we, fifty years. Yeah, we have we have been surrounded. All right. Thank you, Mr. Nodal. Uh, we have been surrounded. As it like it makes a difference, right? I was off by what five years or something. Come on, man. Anyway, uh, Rocky. This was it. Rocky the squirrel or Rocky and Bullwinkle? That was Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Um, they used that on uh, Jerry Doyle's show. Jerry Doyle's show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesse put that in his his imaging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not one thing, but a little of everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, think of all the chemicals and stuff that were just now, just recently, and then maybe in the last five, you know, years or so, ten years most, are now starting to talk about all of the chemicals and things that we were introduced to 40, 50 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at all of the diseases and the things that have have uh, increased, and diseases that showed up that didn't even exist before in children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know where 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 are those coming from? I think it's I think it it has everything to do with that that soup that we've been living in and being yeah. uh, exposed to growing up, and the next it's, it's just moving on to the next generation. Now remember how I talk about pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, GMOs, heavy metals, you know, on and on. It is because precisely that point. It's not about one thing. Now, granted, if you drank glug 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 a bottle of glyphosate. Like, remember that guy from, uh, was challenged in that video years <laughs> yes. ago, Jeffrey Smith brought it uh, Yeah, you're going to do some devastating acute injury, but we're, we're talking about a subtle, slow accumulation over time and even over generations to where there's some level of plausible deniability. Well, it's not that. If it were that, everybody would have it. But it belies the fact that we all have strengths and weaknesses metabolically, et cetera. And yet the injections that they accelerated in the 1990s Right. Because of the 1986 act uh, that removed liability from these manufacturers of of vaccines, you know, brought to a generation that had never before been bombarded in that way to that extent. Because we were injected, vaccinated with, a you know, two to four to six, maybe. And then they were now getting into the 10s and 20s and 30s and 40s of how many uh, were they getting? And then you saw the explosion of what's called autism which is, you know, neurological injury devastation, not just to the brain and nervous system directly, but indirectly through the microbiome destruction, coming back to antibiotics. So we go, glyphosate is an antibiotic too, but the antibiotics are antibiotics too. And I had, you know, my canary in the coal mine moments in my young life as Gen X that many people were not experiencing to that degree until that vaccination explosion happened. And then following on the chronicity of young people across the board, it's hard to find a child that doesn't have one or two or three chronic ailments now. And so I was the exception of the rule. Now it becomes the rule. And then we say, well, we define normal as healthy, even though normal is a disease state. You know, as I've mentioned, uh, female specific issues, 
menstrual difficulties, women who have uh, bleeding for not just two or three days, but a week to two weeks sometimes is considered normal. No, not by everybody, but a lot of doctors. Well, yeah, I see so many of my patients that have, it's like, it's got to be normal. No, it's a disease normal, but it's not normal. You got to go back into the medical history books a hundred or more years ago to find out what a menstrual period was. And it wasn't profuse bleeding like you have a wound every month. And that'll still tick off some people that will go away. What are you talking about? Well, go back into the history books and recognize what it was. And we can talk more about that. Specific to that, we got a homeopathic hit coming up that will relate to this issue uh, momentarily as well. Uh, I just want to say thanks to Bobri, Bobri Orn, who's going to be with us in uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona next weekend. Bobri is an amazing man. He's on a mission, a good guy, even if he's hard to understand with his broken English. I tease him about it. He can handle it. He's a tough guy. Uh, Bobri came from Georgia when it was under the control of the Soviet Union, left to go to Israel, came to America, and he brought the Chernobyl-level antioxidant and uh, binding, excreting, all the things we don't want, like heavy metals, like ionizing radiation. Chernobyl-level antioxidant, folks. If you have hit a ceiling in your healing, and you're like, I don't know what next to do, give Folium products a try because you'll find that it will be a breakthrough for you, like it was for my mom at 89 back on the dance floor. And the Chernobyl level antioxidant, foliumpx.com, folium original, folium immuno, folium relax. This is a three-pronged approach and, and expanding. This is an amazing thing that you could try. And if you come and visit us at the big conference and Superdot, if you can put up the upcoming events tab, the next weekend is the conference that we've got. We had Drs. Terry and Stu Warner on talking about it. Brian Artis will be there. A lot of our friends will be there. Kimberly Overton and more. Uh, you have a limited time of opportunity to sign up and join us there and you'll meet Bobri and other great people. And there you go. Functional Medicine Summit and Expo, Phoenix, Arizona, November 3rd, 4th and 5th. I don't have a banner to promote the number November 3rd thing at the uh, giving tree, but that'll be a limited audience because it's, you know, it's one restaurant, but uh, there it'll sell out too. And Brian Artis and I'll be there. Maybe I can get John Hewlett to come as well from Cardio Miracle, who we had on yesterday, which would be great. But yeah, use the code RSB10 to get 10% off of the Folium products and uh, you can break through as well. Um, thank you for that. Nutritional Frontiers has amazing things. We talked about glyphosate just now. My daily regimen includes for my whole family, the NRDMG lozenges. You get from nutritionalfrontiers.com and I can get that for you at 15% off with the RSB 15 code. And they often put it on sale. You can get even better deals. And that helps to counteract the ongoing exposure inadvertent or otherwise of glyphosate. So take the steps that you know are really needed to counteract the things you may have little or no control over. You can minimize your exposure by going organic, but I'm not under no delusion. You can't fully eliminate the exposures we're talking about here. And as Super Don knows, it's not about one thing. It's about a little bit of everything putting us over the over the edge, over the top. It just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, to me yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I just had a thought because you were talking about the inner DMG. And yes. I saw a thing this morning through November 30th. Not only can you get the 15% off with the RSB 15 code. Mm -hmm. But you can also get free shipping on any orders that you order online over 99 bucks. Dude, that saves a lot, y'all. Yeah. Cool. So Nutritional Frontiers has a deal, 99 bucks order, free shipping. $99 or more, free shipping plus and you have to order more discount. to get there because you have 15% off your order with the RSB 15 code. That's cool. Yep. Yep. And I think yep. that hopefully that would include the, their certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD products. 
You can get that at cbdnf.com. Yeah. If you ever have an issue with that, I know sometimes if there, there might be an exception there where you may have to to call them ahead of time or something like that. And let them know. Yeah. Yeah. But in any case. That'll be cool. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What else do we have? Senate pauses. Oh, we got some good news. Is it good news? We got some good news. Good news. Senate pauses. Passes. I'm sorry. Not pauses. I wish they paused forever. But anyway, passes amendment to ban federal mask mandates on commercial flights and public transit. Democrats, they're getting the memo. Ten Democrats. in favor of the amendment. Yeah, there you go. Because the Dems control the Senate, and it still passed. The message is getting out. Even the Dems are going, yeah, this is ridiculous. So uh, that's good news as well. I'm pleased to hear that. Um, If you go down to the state level, where we like it more, Texas House has approved a ban on COVID vaccine mandates by private employers. And this is where Republicans have been weak. They're like, we don't want to ban anything for companies. That are, we're, we're pro-business. Yeah, but your pro-business collectivism means you're anti-individual liberty. Is that what you want to be, you Republicans out there? Think clearly on this. If a, if a business can mandate vaccines for all of its employees, what does that say about your investment and belief in individual liberty. You're a collectivist like the Democrats, except you're a collectivist in the corporate world instead of the government corporate world. That's nothing to be proud of. So kudos to the Texas House for saying, you know what, the businesses shouldn't be able to mandate these things either for condition of employment. Maybe you're maturing and growing up Republicans too. I'd like to think so anyway. But yeah, overall, that's a good news. I had to kind of nitpick on it, didn't I, Super Don? Just uh, just ornery that way. Yes. Okay. Pass the organic potato chips, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's another article here about uh, toxic chemicals, PFAS, the forever chemicals, and uh, relating it to thyroid cancer. Um, that's another issue as well. Again, it's not a one thing. It's an everything, a little bit of everything. Uh, this is something that, um, you know, these... Uh, I don't know. Are people still using nonstick cookware with the stuff in it? PFOAs, PFAS, all of that. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of them that have um, taken that out. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, another example, what I was just talking about, nonstick pans, right? Yeah. When those things came out, I don't know when the first nonstick pan came out. Right. Teflon, right? Mm-hmm. When that came out. Oh, man, that was just like... Amazing. Better living through chemistry. Oh, it was that's... absolutely amazing because it used to be before you had the stainless steel, right? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't do it the right way, they, you know, everybody, I mean, if you're oh, old yeah, enough to have used stainless man. steel, remember that? You, yeah, you would cook eggs. You cook eggs on it. Yeah. Uh, and if it, it didn't have the you know, oil on it the right way right. or if you cooked it too hot or something like that. You remember trying to clean one of those pans after you had burnt eggs on sure. it? Yeah, yeah, you get a steel wool trying to clean those things. Do you guys have the cast iron cookware at home? Do you have? I've got the. uh, I've got uh, the cat. Well, but you know what, cast iron—that's something else. Yeah. Uh, Not only is it great to cook with, Mm -hmm. and it's it's basically nonstick if 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 it's seasoned correctly. Season it correctly, and you never use soap on it. But it's also a great form of self defense. 
Because <laughs> you could brain somebody with a cast yeah, iron you pan. Huber pots and pans, Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. Who, who, need, who needs a things. gun? I mean, yeah. yeah we'll anyway. action on that. Yeah, cast so iron's great. We have the wrong things that we're cooking with, the rising threat of thyroid cancer. They talk about endocrine disrupting chemicals. Again, all of these things I've been talking about ever since I opened the microphone in 1999. And even before that lecturing, as I learned about uh, the toxicological burdens with which I suffered as a canary in the coal mine. Uh, but the ubiquitous presence of PFAS, if it were just one thing, we could overcome it, of course, and maybe not succumb to it in a de devastatingly harsh way like thyroid cancer. But there's a lot of relationship to this stuff. I don't think it's deniable, but why, again, what's thrown back, I think it's a, I don't know if it's a straw man argument, you know about these logical fallacies would say, well, if it were the cause of thyroid cancer, then everybody would have thyroid cancer, right? Is that really the way they would dismiss this? Again, what about individual strengths and weaknesses? What about individual levels of exposure or lack of uh, detoxification capacity, et cetera, resulting in more serious things? Now, remember, with the thyroid, we talk about selenium and iodine being critical, among many other minerals as well. Even copper plays a role there. So consider all the things we talk about. And shout out to my friend, Jonathan, at choosetobehealthy.com. Sometimes, you know, you're like, we forget to, to mention all these wonderful people and great companies that are providing great substances of the natural world, not synthesized. And that is choosetobehealthy.com. And you can use the code RSB5 to get a little discount when you get your 100% whole food, the selenium, the chromium, the silica. He, he carries the sovereign copper and the sovereign silver and the Argentin 23 and other things. So check that out. And we have these banners at the show site, robertscottbell.com. Again, apologies is, you know, it's up and it's down. We're working on the migration, still happening. Apparently, the automated migration didn't work, so it's having to be done manually. Uh, and uh, I don't know what the bill will be, but thanks to you, patron supporters, thank you, helping <laughs> us to do those things. Good I luck. know. I'm thinking the yeah. same thing. Um, latest update on that is yeah. it's still being worked on. It's going to be a couple hours before the migration process is going to be restarted. Okay. So we're. I just hopefully we'll get this thing figured out by uh, by Monday. Okay. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. All right. Well... What do you want to do now? I mean, I know we got the homeopathic hit. Sometimes I cram it in the last five minutes of the show. Other times we can draw it out earlier. And do we have questions? Do we have comments? What's going on in Rumble today as we head into the weekend? Is anybody with us? I miss Michael, uh, but happy anniversary to him and Sarah Beth. They're, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. He, yeah. he, got, he got a uh, he got a free pass. He gets, pass. A, he gets a mulligan on this one. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Marge over. Well, let's see here. Deep. DPL loves flowers. Uh, finally figured out how to get onto the live chat over on Rumble's been watching on Rumble for a while. Oh, nice. Setros. Oh, excuse me. It's yeah. not, what's his name? We, Jim. We Jim. Jim. Yeah. Jim. I got to remember that. Jim. Jim is hanging out. Our, uh, our resident vegan. <laughs> um, apparently he looked up John Gusty and he had a, uh, a podcast or something like that on YouTube or something like that. And the title of it is the war against meat series. Oh, I wonder what that is. Well, that would upset a vegan. If you're sympathetic to the war, the against, war meat. against meat. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, he's probably banned on, on YouTube. I imagine if he discussed <laughs> anything like we talked about in the first hour, he yeah. would not have a YouTube channel anymore. Let's see here. Uh, Marge says, antibiotic resistance. My friend can no longer take antibiotics. They don't do anything for her. She can no longer smell or taste. She's taking mm -hmm. mag? What's mag? Magnesium? I don't know. I don't know. Mag. Yeah. Um, 
Also, she asked, when is Zen coming on? So she's a huge, huge fan of Zen Honeycut. And I know that we, I think I got an email mm-hmm. um, from somebody that was doing PR for her. And I responded, said, yeah, let's get Zen on. And so yeah, I, Zen's I, welcome I, here anytime. We absolutely. Love absolutely. Yeah, she's yeah. wonderful. Terrific. Uh, let's see here. And then Marge wants to know if we're going to get the food babe on. Didn't we try? We, uh, we've tried to get Vana Hari on and she's yeah. never come on the Robert Scott Bell show. Yeah. Uh, Zen could probably hook us up cause she did a big thing on, you know, the, the, the research that, that, uh, moms across America and Zen did with all the glyphosate and everything. So yeah, we'd love to have that. They have them on together. That'd be fine. That'd be fun. You bet. I would like that. In fact, I think, uh, Gosh, it was, last time we tried, there was uh, there was some other lady that put herself out there. That she she was uh, she was called the Science Babe or something like that, and she was like trying to go after uh, the Food Babe. It was like the Science Babe versus the Food Babe right. type thing. You got silliness going mm-hmm. on there. Oh, speaking of that, that's also you know uh, she she the Science Babe is is kind of like um, is she a skeptic. She's a skeptic in the same uh, same arena as like a David Gorski. And I've noticed that uh, the last couple of days, uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler has been putting out articles yeah. about David Gorski. Have you seen this? Yeah, that Dr. Jack is amazing. He just knows how to defeat the logical fallacies and everything else Gorski I thought does. it was funny to see him like taking on David Gorski because he's, such, he's kind of a dinosaur at yeah. this point as far as skeptics go. Mm-hmm. But he's still doing the same his his thing. But uh, I thought it was kind of fun to see him taking him on. Did we? I, I can't remember if we went on the air talking about what happened in Maine the other day. Uh, what's the latest there? But that guy was supposedly. Uh, okay, so the latest is that they're still trying to find this guy. Um, but did they find some kind of letter that indicated he might? Be I dead saw. Somewhere? I did see something. I, it was just letter. an article. I think it may have been from CNN. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's legit that he left a note and in it, he indicated that he did not expect to be found alive. Hmm. So I don't know what that means exactly. So, you know, you speculate, maybe he's planning on killing himself. What um, about the, uh, the media, uh, frothing over a super soldier gone bad? Yeah. I didn't get a chance to completely cut all of the video for this. The one oh. clip that I have, and it's funny because, you know, I, I have a tendency to watch Fox news more than other stuff just because, you know, I agree more with with yeah, their, it's a little less woke. the political leaning. Okay, <laughs> right. um, but this morning there was an interview. They doing an interview with this guy and uh, the media in general. But I know at least for Fox Media because I, I've been watching them that they I have been like over exaggerating this guy, making him out to almost be like Rambo or something. You know, that oh, that he's eluding police and, you know, he's a, a firearms instructor and he's in the military. He's a reservist. Okay. You know, what is that like? Like uh, uh, two weeks, you know, or what is it like a Saturday every month or something? It's, 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 yeah. You know, it's not like he's a, a Green Beret or or a Navy SEAL or something like that. He's a reservist and he, he's like, his specialty was like petroleum storage or something, you know. Um, and so anyway, it, the media has been trying to put this, this image out there about this guy. Oh man, he's a lunatic, he's military and firearms guy, stuff like that. And they had an interview with a, a, a guy on this morning. Maybe I'll play it in bonus time, but, um, okay. Yeah. I'd like to see it if you don't, where mind. he just threw, he just threw a wet blanket on the whole thing. 
kind of basically just making the the media look silly for trying to put this guy and make him out to be some kind of uh, mm-hmm. Rambo yeah. guy. Why is my daughter showing up while I'm on the air? Because she can. Boo. Oh, boo, it's not Halloween yet. Well, it is now. All right. Okay. Well, it was a hello from my daughter. Uh, all right. Let's do the uh, homeopathic hit of the day, shall we? Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And this one goes out to all the ladies. Yes, ladies, special long-distance dedication. The homeopathic hit of the day is Sabina. Sabina. No, not Sabrina, a lady's name, but Sabina. And as Super Don has done since we started these things, he's made them available as PDF downloadable documents. These brief hits to introduce you to various homeopathic remedies. And I don't know, we've got hundreds to go still, so we're not going to run out anytime soon. This is often known as the remedy for menstrual disorders and also joint pain. And so it's a brief introduction to help get you over any intimidation you may have about homeopathic medicines, remedies, or the Materia Medica itself. And so we're going to hit some of those uh, highlights, if you will, of Sabina, particularly effective in targeting what we've just mentioned. It's made from the fresh young twigs of the Juniperus Sabina tree, the Juniperus Sabina tree. Now, there are various uh, forms of juniper berries. This isn't necessarily that in the same way because the juniper or Juniperus, there are other um, uh, uses for different versions, if you will, for homeopathic uh, medicines, including urinary tract and kidney issues. But this is uh, from the Juniperus Sabina tree. Physically focused on, well, things like heavy menstruation. I mentioned that earlier in terms of what's become normal. It's not necessarily healthy in terms of heavy bleeding, but also indicated for miscarriage-related issues. And yeah, as is it with the case with any homeopathic remedy, it's going to also have other things like, oh, rheumatic pain, rheumatic joint pain. Wait, what does that have to do? Does that mean if I'm a guy and I have rheumatic pain, but this remedy is also for menstrual issues that I can't take it? No, you can take it. It's indicated for a lot of different things. It's not going to suddenly give you a uterus in case anybody was worried. (laughs) These remedies could be female-specific, but you can also find a use that's non let's say, uh, bias toward any one sex. Mentally, individuals needing or indicating Sabina might experience uh, irritability, mood swings, and a sense of restlessness. So some of you might go, well, uh, yeah, that's my wife during that time of the month. But it, it could be a guy at any time of the month. So as I said, it's not exclusively for women, but the shout out to the women because you, by uh, preponderance, suffer from menstrual disorders more directly than men. <laughs> You get it, what I'm saying here? Menstrual disorders, primary use, effective for treating and dealing with heavy menstruation, painful periods, and issues related to miscarriage. Joint pain is, again, some of the indications for Sabina used for rheumatic joint pain, particularly when the pain is sharp and shooting in nature. So you begin to take that joint pain scenario and go, I wonder if Sabina is the right remedy. And you look, oh, it says sharp and shooting. And you're like, No, that's not the kind of pain I'm having. So maybe Sabina is not the right remedy for you. Or if you have, oh, yeah, it is sharp and shooting, then maybe it is. So you you get more specific and you can get even more specific by opening a materia medica like the Borakey. And then you'll go into like, oh, my gosh, my eyes are going to glaze over. There's too much. So, again, these are brief introductions to give you some basic insights and courage if you need it to learn about these homeopathic remedies, which can take decades and you still have more to learn, even I. 
have more to learn all the time. So scroll on down this uh, document. Superdon is made available at robertscabell.com. We go into dosages and potencies. The right remedy is always going to be more important than the right potency because it's very hard, arguably not, not possible to define the right potency. The right remedy is key. Now, if you have a lower potency or attenuation like 6X, you would tend to utilize it more frequently, often for more acute conditions, but could be, you know, low-level chronic stuff you could use more frequently. But mild acute, mild mild menstrual issues and joint pain. Whereas you go to the medium and higher potencies, 200C, 1M, and other things, you might consider those more deep-seated scenarios, chronic menstrual issues, and severe rheumatic conditions. Now, as I go into these controversies of potency, they'll never be solved because you're going to have one homeopath arguing with another, and, and it, you know, it just gets ugly. We don't want to do that here. I'm just giving you kind of gentle and general overviews. But you could use low potencies more frequently or a high potency less frequently, and you'll be okay. Find the right remedy, match it well. So here are some complementary remedies. Cical or Cicali, depending on how you do Latin in that one, S-E-C-A-L-E, is often used after Sabina for lingering symptoms of heavy menstruation or miscarriage-related issues. I don't think we've done that remedy yet as far as a standalone homeopathic hit, but we have done Rustox. So that's angling into the rheumatic joint pain aspect of Sabina as a complement. So if there's stiffness or inflammation, that could be indicated. And I come back to one we just brought up as an adjunct. I did because it's, again, menstrual related. We've done two remedies this week, I think, that are menstrual related. Actia racemosa or semisifuga racemosa can be known as primarily focused on menstrual irregularities, imbalance and dysfunction of the female system and cycle. So this could be, again, an opening to go, hmm, let me look at this. And you might say, hey, can I get a complex of these remedies? Because there are people that do that, put them together for you, and it might have more than one. And some homeopaths are against that. I am not. I would rather have you take that than might all, if you can, if you can do that. It's a better step. It's not toxic. So Sabina, as a homeopathic remedy, generally considered safe. Avoid, if you can, self-prescribing for more severe chronic conditions that are long-term. You might need some help. And if symptoms worsen or persist, please consult a homeopathic professional to get you further on there. As we conclude our homeopathic hit of the day, known as Sabina, uh, the versatility is always there. And Superdon, you can scroll down for everybody just a little bit there. Yeah, so you can read along with us. And this is a downloadable document for free, by the way. That I mentioned it's free as long as the website's working. (laughs) But if you want to support us directly as a patron, we'd love that. And we'd love to have you join us on the Zoom AMA tomorrow, the 28th, for those of you listening live of October 2023. But suffice it to say, the homeopathic kit is helpful, and I hope it's helping you. Effective for menstrual disorders, joint pain, Sabina. Please stay tuned to the Robert Scott Bell Show for more enlightening dives into the world of homeopathy through these homeopathic kits and long-distance dedications to women when we (laughs) do more female-specific remedies. Remember, you really, you really are channeling the Casey Kasem thing today. Uh, some days you got to do it on a Friday. I think I think about that. Remember, it's not to replace your doctor if you have one or want one, but to provide information so you can make better informed decisions, fully informed decisions. Thank you for your attention. Now, super done. It's your turn. And keep reaching for the stars. There you go. There you go. Oh, that was completed beautifully. Once again, uh, thank you uh, today to uh, John Gusty for being on an hour one and then some. So much fun if you miss that. You guys are going to want to hear that back, play it back, and share it. And then hour two, you, me, and Super D. Good times. And we've got a bonus round coming up before we hit the weekend fully and uh, 
and uh, functionally in some way, shape, or form with the Zoom AMA coming up tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can still become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show and join us. We'd love to see you. And yes, that, we would. Well, I don't know what's happened in the bonus round, but if you got a question or a comment, chime in now. We'll be back in 60 seconds or less because the power to heal is yours. What is that picture? Does it look like a Halloween haunted house or something? These are some new backgrounds that Restream uh, had put in before for, for Halloween, Halloween, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> kind of yeah. cool, huh? Yeah, I mean, again, if you're not freaked out about Halloween and all that it stands for. Oh. Ooh, look at that one. Yeah. Let's see here. Let's see here. Ooh. What, what are you going to put out? Uh, do you have trick-or-treaters where you live or not? Um. Yeah, we get a few. Oh, there they are. Oh, I like that one, and then and then the one the one that I like the most is this one here. Ah, the the jack o' lanterns. Jack o' lanterns. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, actually uh, let me take that back. Yeah. Since we moved here, which we've been here for gosh a number of years now, mm -hmm. I don't think we've had a single uh, trick or treater because. The area that we live in is, even though there are some residential houses here, it's it's sort of like an industrial area that was zoned in a way where you could put homes as well. So it's not like a like a neighborhood neighborhood type thing. So usually when we we take the the grandkids, we go to like somewhere else, and then they have they have like those tr they call they call them trunk or treats, where yeah. it's like a bunch of people will get together yeah, with yeah, their cars and you know and stuff, and so. That is what we do. All I know is that on uh, the 31st, uh, we're supposed to be experiencing a low of 27 degrees. Oh, yeah? It's going to be cold. It's going to be a cold Halloween where you are? I don't, yeah. And I remember it wasn't last year, but the year before we went. Um, in fact, I, I checked with my wife yesterday because I was just like, so do we know what we're doing? Because the last memory I had mm -hmm. was when we went to one of these neighborhoods where it was like the entire street. Yeah, we're doing a, a Halloween thing, and it was so cold. It was ridiculous. Uh, it was like so cold. My feet, I couldn't feel my feet walking. <laughs> I mean, because we'd been standing outside for so long. Oh my gosh, I'm too old for that crap. You know, uh, it's yeah. just like Man, it's not yeah. supposed to be that cold. It's only Halloween. Yeah, right. well, it's November at four thousand over four thousand feet. So that is true. Yeah, you're you're getting some biting cold already. I yes. went out to the greenhouses today. We closed them up because the the first freezing night happened, and uh, I went to the the greenhouses. It's sunny day. I'm like, I went in. I'm like, holy crap! It's a sauna. I had to open it up to let the heat out. And these are passive solar generations. What does that mean? It means uh, we have a tub. If you remember those big black tubs with the yellow tops, the rectangles, you can get them at Costco, places like that. Mm -hmm. You fill the bottom up with water all the way to the top. And, uh, you know, the south-facing twin wall polycarbonate kind of thing allows the sun rays to warm the thing up during the day. So a passive solar generation, in other words, the heat is generated and the water underneath, because there's another tub on top of each one that has water uh, that has the soil and decaying vegetation as well to keep it going. And that releases that heat, that stored thermal energy over the night, even if it gets down into the single digits. So you never get frozen in there. And there's, again, no electrical input. There's no actual solar panels generating electricity. It's really a beautiful system that was set up. But 
Yeah. It, it's so efficient that you can cook during the day, even when it's cold outside. So you have to manage that your, your plants in the winter are not superheated mm. in the stuff. Uh, so, uh, I just, you know, did that that's today, awesome. and everything. So we should that's have really some cool. things growing in winter too. Maybe someday, oh, someday I that, can do, do something like that. you see the stuff we harvested right before the freeze? Did I send you that picture? Uh, yeah. Hold on just a second. Let me grab that. Yeah. While you're doing that, I'll put Chris's comment up that we were talking about Teflon. Not only have we learned better than to cook with Teflon, but that salmonella is so extremely rare and non-existent in pasture-raised, I would call organic raised eggs, that we shouldn't cook them either to avoid denaturing the eggs, proteins, and fats. So uh, Chris is a Rocky Balboa fan. Just drink it on down, straight Just up. Slamming those egg Slurp yolks. It on huh? it. Yeah. All right. So this is, uh, now you have to tell me, what are we looking at in here? Oh, here you go. So look at carrots. all the carrots, right? A lot Those of are some that, funny looking carrots. They're shorter ones this year, yes. uh, short and fat. The, um, uh, when my wife put it in the stew, she made like a beautiful stew yesterday and just cooked them up in the crock pot all day. It was delicious. Nice. Um, these are the tomatoes. And for some reason, our tomatoes were late this year and, and it was starting to boom as the season was ending. Mm. It's got a lot of larger ones. So, uh, she could either do fried green ones or we put them in a paper bag with a banana. Supposedly the ethylene output gassing, it will help to uh, uh, mature these green ones into ripe ones. So these My understanding, ripe. correct me if I'm wrong, because you may yeah. have more experience in this than me, but mm. uh, I got it. I'm just going to change this background. That's just yeah, too yeah. wild. Yeah, it's too, too can't wild. Keep up with it. Going on there. Yeah. Come on, change. There we go. Um. I have not seen a green tomato turn red. In my experience, it has to be already starting to turn a little bit for it to yeah. ripen to we're red. We're going to find out because we're testing based on what they've said. It's possible, but I don't know. Okay, gotcha. But we had no option at this point because Just it don't was pickle them. Yeah. yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. We tried that. Did you? Oh, oh. oh. Yeah. it still gives me the willies. What? Why? I bit, I bit into like one of those because, you know, we had these uh, – I forget what they were called, the, like the cherry tomato size ones. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want them to go to waste, so I was like, grabbed a bunch of them. We pickled like a bunch of them. Oh, you we, pickled we, them? Okay. I we read that, that yeah. you could pickle them. Yeah. And, uh, not good for you. Oh. No. Well, the thing is, uh, it's Southern thing, Yark. fried green tomatoes, right? Ugh. And people love them. And it's different than obviously eating a raw green tomato, but frying them up, apparently they're really good. I've not done it because I'm not a big fan of, larval looking uh, tomatoes i like them when they're sauce and I, i'm into them but uh i know you can make a good sauce with them yeah we we used some of our sauce last night remember dinner. marjorie wildcraft said don't give up that sauce that could be very valuable uh in a grid yeah. down barter scenario indeed all right so let's see what we got going on over at rumble here it was magnesium that her friend was taking marge okay uh, da, 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 da. all right. So, uh, talking about the shooter in Maine. Oh yeah, right. He could not have done both shootings. Fear mongering from media might have might be false flags. Hmm. Hard to say. I I I haven't we seen. We haven't looked anything. into it heavily, but yeah. um, the guy was apparently capable of using a firearm more than the average bear because of his training. But again, was he a super soldier, as you were saying? All right, so News, they were pumping him up to be. So if if you'd be interested in, in having a well, I, I, it made me laugh because okay. again, Fox News they sensationalize 
everything, right? Yeah. And so they want to try and make it seem, you know, like this this thing that's going to get people to watch. Oh, and so they had this guy on, and they were they were posing these questions to him about um, his past and his military training and stuff like that. And I just laughed through the whole thing because the guy just just threw a huge wet blanket on all the sensationalism of Fox News. And so it, this this is uh, it's about two minutes long. We can pause it if you want to, okay. As we're going through, but here's here's what was going on on Fox News this morning. Showing his military record, he was Sergeant First Class, Petroleum Supply Specialist in the Army Reserve. Didn't have any combat deployments, but he received a couple of rewards for his service. You and I, Joey, have been talking about his skill set um, that he might be using to avert authorities. What does he know? What does he not know that could uh, make this a tougher job for local law enforcement? Yeah, I really want to push back on the public's perception that this is some Jason Bourne character who had, you know, severe or, or uh, extensive training in the military to avert police. I, there's nothing that's been told about him that proves that to be the case. I'm not saying it isn't the case. He could have gone to Sears school. He could have gone to any number of training schools that any soldier has the opportunity to go to if their unit will let them. But knowing what I know about him, he didn't have pre-deployment combat training. He didn't have any type of infantry training. Yeah, he's he had very basic skills training yeah. to do the job he did. That's what I know for a fact. If he had anything beyond that, they're not saying. And the reason why I bring that up is he's, he lives in Maine. Maine is a wilderness. It's a it's a mostly untamed wilderness that's under snow for a couple of feet for months out of the year. The people up there hunt bear and moose, which are, you know, almost predators. In, uh, a bear is a predator. The lifestyle of an outdoorsman in Maine is probably more uh, applicable to what this man can do to avert police than any of his army training. And I'm not belittling or talking down what the army trains or the marine corps or any other service trains but this belief that because someone served in the military they have a supernatural ability to avert police and go on the run just simply isn't true you can learn more quite frankly on the internet or in a gun club when it comes to surviving in the wilderness and hunting and being stealthy than you can in basic training and so I just want to calm people a little bit in thinking that anyone who served in the military might have gone to combat and have PTSD as this super soldier that can wreak havoc. That's simply not true. And it hasn't been proven true by any of the major incidents that's happened in this country. And I really want to make sure people understand that, that serving, especially as a reservist, you're a citizen soldier. You spend more time in, in society than you do on base. And you can learn just as much. Uh, by being an outdoorsman when it comes to this type of situation. And I think that's important for people to understand. Yeah. That Joey Jones guy, have you, I've seen him before on Gutfeld. Yeah. Right. He's, yeah. A, he's, he lost both of his legs. Uh, oh, in, okay. In, I didn't uh, know that. In serving. So uh, yeah. um, he's a funny guy too. You appear on Gutfeld. You got to have some funny in you. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, anyway. I was just, I was thoroughly entertained by that because uh, it yeah. was it's so uh opposite of what it is that you hear on the news all the time somebody being as, as honest and real like this they they went on to uh, after this because then they then uh, it was uh I can't remember the guy's name uh on Fox News but he was just like well okay so now he had firearms training and he's a firearm mm -hmm. instructor can you you know talk about that and like that and he's like you know somebody could just go get you know to some class and get a, a a certificate that says they're a firearms instructor you know and you can you can go on youtube he said and you can find all kinds of videos from certified firearms instructors doing stupid stuff mm -hmm. so he's just like you know just that's just really really doesn't mean anything so i i really appreciated that 
because for the most part, you know, I, I, I watch Fox News again because mm. I, I don't want to be irritated as much yeah. as I would if I was watching CNN. Right. But yeah. at the same time, I, I'm not like, uh, you know, in denial is the fact that, that a lot of the stuff and the way that they do it is, is all a bunch of BS. Yeah. Well, you've got morons in media on a lot of topics. One of them is firearms and firearms training. I think there was, a, I saw a tweet of, um, what is that morning, The View with, uh, what's that woman's name? Whoopi and J- yeah. Joy. Joy Behar. Yeah, I was saying, yeah. I saw this thing. She was saying, why do you, basically, why do you need an AR-15 to go hunting? Because if you hunt for a deer with an AR-15, you can't eat it because it's been obliterated. I'm like, right. do you even know what an AR-15 is? She has no shoots? idea what she's talking about. It's not a bazooka. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not a 50 caliber. I mean, it's a, yeah. good Lord, this woman is dumb as a It's a, a rifle is anyway. all it is. Yeah. but uh, It's I, a glorified based, rifle. Based on the, uh, if, if the letter's real that they found in this guy, that this is uh, the suspect, if he's, you know, doesn't expect to be found alive, it, it may be a suicide note. If he did indeed go out to the ocean, I, did, I don't know, but... Uh, I'm uh, just, you know, another sad case of, uh, well, and, not and again, I mean, ready to defend when somebody goes off so-called have cocked and, and kills people indiscriminately. And remember again, the thing that they don't want to talk about the psychiatric drug component here, he yeah. was under psychiatric care. I don't think it's plausible to think he wasn't on at least some level of psychiatric medicine, uh, that, that, uh, you know, if I'm proved wrong, fine, I'll say it, but I just would severely doubt that that would be the case. Right. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that continues on. So you've got the shooter in Maine and you've got uh, Israel and you've got uh, Ukraine, although nobody's paying attention to Ukraine yeah, anymore. So quick, how quickly that goes to the, the back burner, if, if burner right. at all. Um, and yeah, just absolute numb nuts running, running the show. But y'all unplug if you can. Uh, reduce their power. Don't feed them if you can. That would be helpful. All right, we got a Sunday conversation coming up. Do we know what we're conversing about or with whom? We do not. No? I don't think we've got, do we have, we we didn't have anybody scheduled this week. I know it was a tough week for Kevin. Well, yeah, again, condolences to our buddy Kevin Tuttle in Israel, who uh, associate producer helps us to to book all the wonderful guests we have. He lost his mother. His mother passed away in the hospital, uh, was dealing with a lot of uh, complications of things. And, um, you know, so please send your hearts, loves, prayers, all of that. I don't know if Kevin will join us tomorrow. I sure hope so on the zoom AMA from Israel. It would be amazing to see him and catch up with him and send him all the love we can and uh, have all y'all be participating in that. I'm thinking of bringing back Rachel, my, you know, kickboxing and trainer, you know, she owns the gym I go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a special guest, she wants to dish the dirt on me. I think the first time we had her on as a special guest. Yeah, she, but you know what? If if you're going to do that. Yeah. Because the first time you really played it out, man, it was, oh, she's going to dish the dirt I, no, on I me. And then she, she got on and it was just like, wah, 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 well, you know wah. I think that happened. This is what I was going to say, Super D. I think it was because it was a new novel thing. And, you know, I knew her, but we weren't as good <laughs> friends as we are today that she was like, well, can I really do that? Can I really do that? So I'm thinking. I want maybe some actual dirt this time. Give, give her an opportunity. And maybe she, because she knows me better now, maybe she'd be like, I'm not holding back. All right. So we'll I'm see. thinking about that as an opportunity to uh, r- reveal secrets that I don't want anybody to know. She did take a video of me apparently um, on her phone this morning when she was kicking my ass. I'm just saying it right. 
in in a, a particular round. I thought it was round eight. It was round seven. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I didn't even know what round I was in. It was just an exercise that she had me do. And I'm like, by the end, I was like, I'm, you know, and I thought I'm in good shape. I'm like, until she comes back with a vengeance. And I was like, okay, she's pushing me to the next level, which go. I like. Every day I wake up or I go to sleep and my muscles know I've used them. And, and I think about the age that I am in terms of this body I'm in. And you wonder, how is it that some people don't age in the same way others do? And I think a big part, and I don't think this is anything, you know, it's uh, you know, unusual to say, except I'm witnessing it in my own life and my own body. The more I use this body, and I'm not talking about running ultra marathons and destroying yourself, but the more I use it, the stronger I feel, the better I feel. And people that live long or well into what we call old age and don't suffer from a lot of ailments and illnesses is because they're using the body they've been given. And we have been designed to work the fields, to hunt, to fish, to, to, to do things, whatever it is, to work the land. And so many of us in the Western world don't do that unless it's an unusual thing like, you know, our job, Super Don, doesn't require us to lift heavy bales of hay every day, does it? So we have to go to an artificial place like a gym to work the body outside of the time when I'm out working the, the yard or the garden and such. So um, to do that is makes all the difference in the world in terms of aging gracefully or not aging really. And then deciding when you want to leave, when you're just done with this place. And it's like, okay, go off into a hut and peacefully move on. So keep moving. That's the message. Keep your body moving. Okay. Yeah. Well, on that's that it. note, that's it. Any uh, comments, questions coming through before we wrap it up and figure out who we're going to do a Sunday conversation with this uh, this weekend after our Zoom AMA or something? Jim says, "Have a good weekend, everybody." Thank you, Jim. Liberation Station. That's um. Come on, Liberation Station. This? What's his name? His real name. You've been on his show. Well, how long ago was this? Oh, good lord. I didn't say I was not aging in my Chris memory. Chris Steiner. Um, oh. Yeah, you know, he, I'm, he's totally offended right now. He is. You've totally, completely forgotten. Um, <laughs> I think that's Chris Steiner. Anyway. Oh, okay. Is that, well, you Right? Liberation Station has me, the show. Yeah. Dude, you threw me off with saying Jim, and I'm thinking Jim, 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 Jim. Okay, oh, you say Chris. I was, yes, no. I know Chris Steiner. Of course, All Chris. right. Whoopi yeah. is getting... Uh, a lot of criticism for abruptly ending the interview with Morgan Freeman just after six minutes, just one segment. I saw something about this, but I haven't read the details. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this? What is it? Did you hear what I said? No, because I was reading the message about our, our migration. <laughs> Firewalls and stuff. It must, it must be Friday. It is Friday. It's the it end of the Friday. show. Whoopi Goldberg apparently was was doing an interview with Morgan Freeman and something happened that she like killed the interview for some reason. I can't remember what it was. Well, Morgan Freeman is not a woke liberal leftist. Okay. In many ways, he's conservative. Um, I saw an interview. <clears throat> Who was doing this interview? Was it Bobby Kennedy? Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Apparently, he's been friends with Lou Gossett Jr. for many decades. And uh, he was interviewing Lou Gossett. God, I haven't yeah, thought about Lou, him in a long time. Lou's getting old, you can see, yeah. but it, a great mind. And he's also not woke leftists about all the stuff going on. So there are folks that are like, oh, just because you have more pigment, you have to be this way. It's like, no. Mm -hmm. If you grew up at a time, you know, most people, uh, you know, culturally are conservative, believe in family and all of that, and don't believe in 
you know, artificially dividing us or, or fomenting the division that exists in some people's minds and recognize we have more in common than we have that divide us. I remember I there think, was an yeah. interview years ago where he, he was being asked about what he thought about Black History Month. Have you seen that? No. Where he, you know, he, you know, he was just like, we the, we shouldn't have Black History Do you have White History Month? Yeah. Or why, you know, it's it's actually, it's, it's it was an interesting little clip. Mm-hmm. But in any case, yeah, I'll have to go look up and see what the details are on that. Okay. Got an email from Dr. Jack, James Lyons Wilder from IPAC-EDU.org. IPAC, one of my favorite ethical physicians, Dr. Merrill Nass. We had Dr. Merrill Nass on the show, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 7 p.m. Monday, Eastern Time, the WHO coup, the WHO coup, the IPAC-EDU science webinar. It's a prestigious event. So you guys can join in on that Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That would be, uh, let's see, if we're now the 27th, 28th, 29th, that'll be the 30th of October for those who want to check out ipac-edu.org oh, look at with this. Merrill Nass. Mike and Diane Lockwood. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they going to join us on the uh, the Zoom tomorrow, call tomorrow? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Diane um, um, shot me an email because you were talking about your tomatoes. Yes. And she wanted to show me a picture Okay. Of what they've got going on with their tomatoes. And as I continue to try and install, no, okay. that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go to a different place to show you. Come on. App window, ripening tomatoes. Now I'll show it on the screen. This is their tomatoes here. Okay, they got a lot of green ones. And she's saying that uh, with their tomatoes, that they've laid them out in a heated garage and they will ripen. So it may take a while, but apparently, yeah, she, that's why but she I has more that, expertise in this area than we do. But I read that you know you put them in a paper bag with like a banana, and the ethylene gas outgasses it, helps right. accelerate the 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 ripening. So we're trying that. I uh, put them out on the on the front porch in the sun. Yeah. Is what I do. It's another way to do it. Sun ripen. That's right. Cool. Okay. Well, anyway, I think that's all I got. That's all you got. Yep. You got nothing else. That's we're all. Two, we're twenty minutes after here. So, dude, great show, uh, y'all. Thank you for being part of it. I hope tomorrow you as much as I did. AMA. Yep. And then, uh, if I can get you hooked up with somebody for the Sunday show, you would record after the AMA. I could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me know. We'll see. If you guys got a suggestion, send it to Super Don, askrsb at gmail.com. And we'll look forward to seeing y'all next weekend in uh, Phoenix. And that's the thing, too. I didn't know that uh, John, who we had on an hour one, is going to be in Phoenix the same weekend. That's cool kind of cool. Be to connect? Right? I would Absolutely. love that. That, that is would cool. Be amazing. All right. Well, Thanks for hanging out, guys. Uh, We'll see some of you tomorrow at the AMA, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. If you want to join us, uh, all you got to do is go to the website. Hopefully it works. And you can click on the Patreon banner. You can join us on Patreon. $4.99 a month supports the show, gets you a bunch of cool content, and gives you access to the AMAs when we do them once a month. Uh, Otherwise, uh, the rest of you, be sure to tune in on Sunday, and there will be something really awesome that you'll be able yes. to watch there. And we'll mm-hmm. be back live in studio on Monday. See you guys. We'll see you later.